Oh man, Nashville, Fuck. Nashville, Nashville. I love this town. We've had a blast. Uh, not just here in Nashville and on our little adventure, but also um, this year and all the years that we've been recording. This Three is, fucking years. Yeah, episode 100 is uh, just in front of us here. We wanted to get on the mics uh, while we're here in Nashville and just talk a little bit about our experience, how we feel. I mean, this year alone, LFE is recorded in and generated content in Minneapolis, Copenhagen, New York City, and Nashville. Yeah. We're now to episode 100. We've had just a fascinating lineup of guests, an absolute blast. Uh, how, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about it? You know, the thing that I love the most is that we travel well together. That was something sure. I wasn't necessarily nervous about, but we had talked about traveling so much on the show. I was a uh-huh. little bit weary of like how that was going to work. And we went from like traveling with a big group in Copenhagen to sharing an apartment in New York to sharing an actual hotel room here in Nashville. Yes. And uh, I dig it. Like it's been awesome. Yeah. You don't know until you know. Right. And, you know, even I'm sure everybody at home can think of a couple of their good, good friends that they would not want to go on a trip with. And it's it's kind of cool to get to know somebody whose intellect I know very well with you and, and I enjoy talking to you. But it's also cool to know, like, oh, shit, yeah, you say where, you say when, and I'm, yeah. I'm hopping the plane. Let's go. That's obviously a massive benefit, not just to us personally, but for the program, because yeah. now we're like, we're so gung-ho on doing these types of things and sort of spreading our reach. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to Graduate Hotels as well. They accommodated us on our trip here. Could not have been kinder. Dude, the Nashville Graduate Hotel is so cool. <laughs> it's something else, it's man. It's so cool. They're recording, uh, they're, they're filming American Idol there. That's Correct. like how dope it is in there. Uh, they have a, uh, a bar on the roof called... White limousine, L I M O Z E E N, like the infamous metal band from Homestar Runner. <laughs> yeah, when limousine. We got, <laughs> when we arrived, we got in the hotel like literally as we're going up to our room, and there were four ladies in in the elevator. This is the bachelorette <laughs> capital of the world, by the way. Oh my god, uh, bachelorette party capital of the world. Anyways, uh, one of the ladies remarks, "Is that how you spell limousine?" <laughs> and her friend looks at us and says, "She's a nurse practitioner, by the way." <laughs> and i love that she goes well i thought the e and the n were switched around yeah. <laughs> because there's not a z in limousine yeah. <laughs> oh my god that was so good plus oh. that place sells 40 dollar martinis we found out holy shit Guam found out and they were was. not good <laughs> i loved my i know you did i was I like them dirty as hell that was uh that was two parts <laughs> olive juice one part uh vodka and then 40 dollars yeah so really what we wanted to do is just get in front of uh, our recording. It's just us here in Nashville. And we wanted to just say, we love you. Thank you. There are ways to continue supporting us. You're obviously supporting us because you're listening. Yep. Keep doing that. Thank you for being along for the ride. Uh, a major thing is please leave reviews for us. Even if you just go on Apple or Spotify and just click the star, yeah, yeah. you don't have to say anything. Just click, just click the star five, hopefully, but like, just leave us a review. And honestly, whenever you interact with us on social or share or even follow us on social, that's important to us and fucking tell your friends. Yeah, it's great. And honestly, with so many things being automated by AI right now, it's nice. The The more reviews and the more ratings that we get, the more it, it populates our show up in front of other people that are listening to similar content that are, that are looking at cooking shows and whatever. It just helps us get to more people. And uh, it means a lot. 
It really does. Like this has been an absolute joy, but you can imagine, I mean, a hundred episodes, like it's still work. Like we, we, we do a lot. We have a lot of fun. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, we're trying to do everything that we can. And it really just, the biggest thing that you can do to help us out is to kick a little rating, kick a little, give us some stars. Yes. Yes, please. So yeah, we've had a blast doing this and 100 is going to seem like nothing someday in the distant future, but yeah. right now it feels um, like a like a huge accomplishment, and we're like super happy with how the program's going, uh, with our you know our our fans and listenership. Thank you so much for being along for the ride, and we can't wait to bring more content to you. Yeah, we got some great guests coming up. It's really going to be an awesome finish to this year. So I'm I'm super stoked. But speaking of great guests, we got an episode coming for you right now. Yes, uh, momentarily. Cue the theme music. I'm sure. I mean, there's a reason that they call it food porn. Food porn usually qualifies for like the greasy stuff, the stuff that'll make you feel bad about yourself when you're done, yeah. just like pornography. <laughs> post nut clarity works for just eating nuts as yes. well <laughs> well yeah i mean if you put peanut butter on a hamburger for sure absolutely there you go <laughs> like why did i do that to myself <laughs> oh but it's so good it's so good it's yeah. so hard not to want to go for that there's no penance for food porn speaking of really good <laughs> how about this fucking extra añejo baby oh my god this so excited fantastic yeah el tesoro yeah, man like spicy on the nose mm -hmm. mm. i know? love like, there's some like coffee and caramel i get in there a little cinnamon mm. i do get this like the i think the cinnamon is like that like that's a little bite that i i kind of taste yeah, yeah. so uh their uh master distiller carlos um this is a an ode to his father uh don felipe um, and I, I just think it's gorgeous. I, I love everything that El Tesoro puts out. Um, but this is just, as a whiskey fan, this is like a really nice, like tequila that has some of the things I love about whiskey yeah. also just popping in there. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's actually lighter in body than I thought it would be. And in color, um, I actually thought it was going to be darker, but it's, uh, because they don't add anything to it. That's just where, where it came out. That's brilliant. It's got like a nice, uh, like light gold hue. Mm-hmm. I was oh. going to say like a very healthy pea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, good, it's a good solid pea. Yeah, it's moderate it's a, hydration. Yeah, it's a it's a really pretty color. I really like that a lot. And shout out to our our friends at Beam Suntory for uh, gifting us this um, for episode one hundred. Yeah, Wait, are so, we re were we recording? We're recording, baby. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's how we sneak this. up on you. <laughs> yeah, we we do the Damn rolling ninjas, start. man. We do the rolling start. I love it. Yeah, thanks to our sponsors at Beam Suntory um, for gifting us this bottle for uh, this particular recording. We're recording from Nashville, which is fucking cool. Pew, pew. Yeah, yeah. let's get it. Um, howdy. Yeehaw. I have not. I have not heard as much charming Southern accents as I wanted mm, to. I heard a couple. As many, I should say. Uh, so Nashville's becoming this blend of Chicagoans, New Yorkers, and L.A. people. So like and bachelorettes. That's like a all whole the, group. It, it, yeah, them. the bachelorettes are like that's the business. Like, what's Nashville known for? Bachelorettes. Like, yeah, white yeah, white crazy. cowboy boots, espresso martinis, flat brimmed hats, roving in packs. I believe they're referred to as a ranch of women as they move, <laughs> <laughs> move around. Ranchlorettes. <laughs> Ranchlorettes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if if um, I'm not trying to be combative here, but I don't like how your your attitude with. Espresso martinis. I, I felt like a little bit of an attitude. Did you get that? I've like, never. Oh, yeah, I, I share it. 
I've never <laughs> seen like busy Am I numbered here. I, I, I like them. Don't get me wrong. It's a I, I enjoy that. the cocktail. What I don't like is watching groups go up and collectively order like seven of them at a very busy bar. Yeah, like That's it was a nightmare. You know, yeah. like we were at a just... bar yesterday where the bartender, with his eyes, thanked us for ordering an actual martini. <laughs> yep, because he was just dropping fucking beans into yeah, yep. espresso martinis over and over. And over. Yeah, <laughs> like so I think anything in downtown Nashville is obnoxious. Yeah, like look, let's just put it out there, right? Like I get it. When people come to visit us, we always have to give them like that night at like downtown, and yeah. you know, it's like. Do you see why this is obnoxious? And some people are like, yeah, fuck that. Out of the system. Let's do everything else. But some people are like, no, this is great. And you're like, <laughs> what? Like, what is, what is great about this? Like, Audrey's, uh, my partner's aunt, whatever aunt that was here yesterday, her and her husband love downtown Nashville. Like, they're just like, they're the ones that hung out the latest. Yeah. Everybody else went home. And Audrey, her brother and I were hanging out. And her aunt and uncle were like, yeah, we're down to go wherever, and we're kind of like we don't want to be. Like, we <laughs> yeah. don't want to go anywhere else right. downtown. I I enjoy. I get it. Like it's sort of. I feel the same way about Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Like I understand that that's a thing for some folks. They want the neon and the cover bands and the boot scoot and buggy and you know expensive Coors Lights. I I understand that that's a thing, and I I, I get it. But yeah, it was definitely it was fun going undercover. And yeah. like checking it out, but I had definitely hit my fill also because yeah. I worked in that scene, yeah. not not in Nashville, but I did the cover band DJ nightclub thing, and it's just it's like it's a lot less fun when you're not getting paid to be there. Yeah, it, it, was, was, it, was, it was my first time, and you know, being I guess I was okay like experiencing it, seeing what it's like. Because now I can sort of like speak to the experience if if someone recounts it. Uh, yesterday I was like, I am not fucking honky tonking like in <laughs> yeah. the morning because uh, two former guests of the show are also in town, which is really cool. Katie Dimmick and, and, uh, Eric Eastman are in town and they were saying they're going to honky tonk yesterday afternoon, um, which I believe is the terminology that is used to describe going down where we were last night. Correct. Is that kind of what people use that? So, as? um, I've never heard the term let's go honky tonking, but yeah. There, what's that song? There's a um, there's a song honky tonking, honk. uh, but I've never heard someone be like, "Let's go honky tonking." Maybe like, they co-opted it. I have no fucking yeah. idea. Maybe like, "Let's go to the honky tonks." But as you guys found out yesterday, those are not honky tonks. No, Luke Bryant. Bryant is it Bryant or Bryant? I don't fucking Luke know. Bryan with an N. Yeah, like stuff okay. like that. I'm like, yeah. that's not a honky tonk. Kid Rock is the furthest thing from a honky yeah. tonker, and his place down there, people are like, "Oh, his big old honky tonk." I'm like, no, this isn't a honky tonk. His name is Kid. Yeah, no, that's not. Okay. Yeah, no, I have, I have no fucking idea. But where we went was Miranda downtown. Lambert. Yeah. yeah, big strip of neon lights and like way <clears throat> too many people. Um, loud, loud, bad music for the most part. Very you know, bad. Like, it's, but it's it's it is a fun environment. Everyone's clearly having a really good time. We also <laughs> learned that the higher up you are in a building, the more things cost. Yes. I don't know yeah. why that is the case, but we we're at what was it called La Rosa. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We're, yeah, we were yeah, at one Mar place. Miranda Lambert. Miranda Lambert place. Yeah, yeah so yeah. the main floor, Quam order drinks, and then he got another round on the top floor, and it was, like, literally double. <laughs> yeah, it was. I got, I got, view. I got three, I, I got three beers and three shots downstairs, and let's just say it was $30, something like that, yeah. and then we went upstairs, <laughs> I got one beer and one shot, and it was 28 Yeah, And I was like, how does, I don't know how the math works here, but... Whatever. It was a good time. That mm -hmm. that band was god awful. I, I couldn't stop staring at them. Like 
if you're going to be an over the top cover band, like you have to actually be good at the music. You it can't was just cheese. They were just playing was, the yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, you hear the same songs. Like if you, if you walk down the street, oh, every, you know, like every place has a window open and it's like the same yep. cover songs. Um, and there's a lot of really talented, like the, the funny thing is the really talented guitarists. A lot of those guys work at, you know, they, they do these gigs, right? Yeah. Like they, they play in these bands and the thing sure, is, make you never money. get like super talented professional singers. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seems, I'm sure some of them, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're getting some really, I don't know, not great. <laughs> well, that's I, I will I will say like that's the that's the story of of Zach Brown Band. They were all cover players, like their lead guitar player is a guy named John Driscoll Hopkins, who I used to book. And they would f- come to Minneapolis and play for like $500, you know, like they, everybody was just struggling to get there, but the really, really good ones, it's basically you're, you're practicing five days a week and yeah. eventually you get really fucking good. And when Zach uh, got his first contract, he went around and got all of his friends that had been doing that for 15 years to all play with him because he knew that if you can get a, if you can get a bar behind you at 9 PM with, you know, a cover of neon moon or some shit, you'll do just fine in front of a huge crowd. Yeah. You know, they all, they all know how to, they got that dog in them. Like they all know how to do that work. They hustle, they hustle. And that like, and I try and give them the benefit of the doubt, but God, that fucking band last night, I just couldn't stop. <laughs> like I was like openly laughing and then I felt like a dick. <laughs> well, I mean, blasted in the face with smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will never knock people's hustle, man. Like I, I, yeah. Yeah, consider yeah. myself like I will say this about myself like I hustle like when I mean, you guys yeah. saw me delivering flowers today but it's like so I admire that but some of that stuff down there I'm just like this is not it's, it's just not for me like I'm sure you're they're way more talented than I'll ever be but I don't the music they're playing a I don't like and when they suck on top of like playing sucky music I'm just like oh man I forgot about the, the the fog jets from the ceiling. That was oh my god, that was insufferable. Yeah. First of all, the if you're gonna lead singer guitarist, yeah, like yeah. post emo. And if you're gonna hit it, hit it on like the big beat or hit it right when the chorus starts. This dude's just hitting that button randomly, mashing it in the middle of a verse. Like there's no come on, man. Where's the theatrics? There's so it's funny that you say that. Um, my my really good friend Gordon Mays. We have this thing. We text each other. We've been doing this for like 20 years. Um, we were having this conversation, not sober at all, but I was like, you know, like Motley Crue when they, they do kickstart um, kickstart my heart. Yeah. And it's like the, the the explosions go off. So it's like they hit these notes and sometimes it's like out of sync and you're like, that looks so stupid. Yeah. When it hits, it hits. But sometimes it's like kickstart my heart. <laughs> and like, you're like, yeah. oh, bad timing. <laughs> we at uh, a club that I used to work at um, had um, – liquid nitrogen jets in the ceiling and it could drop the temperature of the club five to 10 degrees in like five seconds. Yeah. And they were loud as fuck. It was like a, and we would like, that was one of my favorite things was trying to time it out. Like, you know, you get this big buildup of a club song, but if you're, if you're a half a second off, it just sucks. (laughs) It's just miserable. Yeah. Uh, But they gave us, we had a little box with a giant red button and you just mash it. Oh God. When it hit though, it was so right. Yeah. It was amazing. So I I would also like to tip my cap to you because we're, you know, clowning a little bit on some of the stuff we saw downtown, but this is like a historic music town. And a thing we discovered today as we were um, checking out of the hotel we went to, we could hear karaoke when we came back from partying with our friends a couple of oh, nights yeah. ago. It was super late. And when we went into the room, there was some Tenacious D playing, but the next man up was this adorable old man who was singing like, um, 
you know, modern classics. He had his, he had his snap up, uh, like vinyl jacket or nylon jacket on. Mm-hmm. And he had the, you know, the, the old man hat with the, the laurels on it. Like the, yeah. it's like the name of an old ship yeah, across yeah. the front. Yeah. USS. Yeah. yeah whatever. Arizona, whatever. Right. So we were just kind of recounting that to, um, the staff, uh, at the front desk because they were, recording American Idol at our hotel and we were saying like, oh, they must have been in there scouting during um, karaoke the other night. And then we said there was this adorable old man who was there um, all night and they were like, oh, Dan the man? And we were like, what? Yeah. That's awesome. And they were like, he comes all the time and I'm like, oh my God, that's the story we wrote for him in our brains. Yeah. Is that he comes in, because it was all children, you know, yeah. it was all 22 year olds and then us and then this old man. And uh, so we were like, man, that guy was, that guy was so great. I hope he comes all the time and sings amidst yeah. this sea of children. Yeah. And then they were like, he used to be a backup singer for Elvis. Yeah. Wow. It was and crazy. We were like what? That's awesome. How cool is that? Just yeah. this like beautiful sort of tenor voice. And I mean, he was having fun. He, he must've sang five or six songs Yeah, and he was just, he was just getting it. And it turns out, yeah. Like the guy sang with the King. Yeah. They said a he comes in these... every Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Dude, there, all right. there's so many musicians in this town uh, in general, right? There's so much talent. Yeah. Um, you know, like you go to California, right? You go to LA, Hollywood is like a thing. That's that's an industry. It's like you go to Chicago, steel was in like butcher, or, um, you know, Chicago was the butcher to the world, right? Yep. Uh, the hog butcher to the world. So like meat, beef, that was an industry like um, stockyards, you know, and here it's music. Yeah. And it's insane. Like, and I, it took me a bit to wrap my head around that. It's like really like, really think about that and it's like i could throw a quarter and hit a musician yeah you know so like these are super talented people and a lot of these guys have these stories like i sang like backup on what like conway tweeties this yeah that, you know or like yeah i i wrote this song for this person it's insane and, and people cool. you'll meet these people and they'll drop something like that and it's not a flex they're just no. like oh yeah like when I recorded with Reba McIntyre, when yeah. I recorded with Johnny Cash, and you're like, what the fuck? You did what? And it's like, oh, yeah, I wrote Walk the Line or whatever. And it's just like they still collect royalties from that. But it's like, man, damn it. Like everybody here has some kind of funny story like that, you know? And it's, um, you know, we, we did karaoke a couple years ago. My friends were in from out of town, and we popped in. And I'll, I'll throw down on karaoke, like yeah. drunken karaoke. Yeah. I'm not great at all. But I like I like to belt a tune or two, you know. Like I'll do some Phil Collins. Um, but I went to this. We went to this place, and everybody that was getting on stage had a beautiful voice. And I'm like, I'm not even gonna. And you're like, nah. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, not today. It's it's miserable. Like when you when you actually just see like, oh, these are all professionals, and then like my dumbass is gonna limp yeah. up there with some song that I'm trying to get close to the notes on. Yeah, it's not. It definitely doesn't feel good when you're just watching professional singer after professional singer just go out there and murder it. Just like, oh. you know, I saw you gain confidence when uh, those two kids did Killing in the Name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. No, that was, I was like, all right, we'll be all right. So yeah, I, I hopped up and, and definitely uh, drunkenly did a few songs. It was pretty fun. What's your karaoke song? Uh, well, normally, uh, the, the, the one that I'll do, if it's like, if, if I'm trying to like, be like, I'm an okay singer, um, mm-hmm. I can do walking in Memphis by Mark Cohn pretty well. Um, or if I'm trying to get everybody into it, uh, I love the Humpty dance. I like that. You know, your crowd. Yeah. I've, I've done the Humpty dance once and I was so out of breath. Oh dude, it's, it's, it's so tough. Fast. Yeah. It's tough. I, yeah. um, that's if like my all time favorite karaoke memory was in, uh, in Chicago, 
we, it was a friend of mine's 30th birthday and we all decided to go up and sing him a song. And, uh, my friend Adam went up and did, uh, Joe Cocker's cover of, um, uh, with a little help from my friends yeah, and fucking murdered it. I've never heard this guy sing a note in his life. And he went up there. He knew he did all the weird Joe Cocker dances and just, and so like I was going to do a, another song and I'm like, Oh no, I can't compete mm-hmm. with that. So I did, uh, I did Humpty Dance and was up on the bar, like getting yeah. everybody to, to like bounce with me. Yeah. And then my friend Rob went up and I was like, oh, what's he going to do? And he did What's New Pussycat by Tom Jones, brought the whole fucking house down. <laughs> nice. It was awesome. Yeah, I like to do Journey if I'm just having fun or like Rush. And if I'm going to go whale and also play something that people don't hear a lot, I do Holy Diver. I wanted you to do Holy Diver I so fucking I bad. I like that you just casually dropped that you do Rush. Like, right? <laughs> you know, I no big think, deal. I didn't think, obviously I have a different tone to my voice, but I, <laughs> I do the song. I'd be impressed uh, if you could match it. it. No, no thank you. It's not possible for my voice. But uh, no, I love to do Holy Diver, but I looked at Quam because he's like, are you going to sing? I was like, I don't know. And I was like, this is not, this is definitely not the crowd for fucking Dio. It's yeah. children. Yeah. But, okay, here's a shocking fact. Obviously, 90s fashion is in, but all these kids know every fucking pop punk song from the 90s, every, like, alternative song from the 90s. They all act like that shit is on the radio right now. Yeah. Because every time a 90s song came on, they would lose their shit, and everyone in the room sang every lyric. Yeah. And I was like, did I fucking transport myself here in a time machine? Yeah. I'm so confused. It was was really strange watching (laughs) a room full of 21 and 22-year-olds know every word to Fat Lip by Sum 41. Yes. All the Small Things by Blink-182, My Hero by Foo Fighters. Like It was like... Oh, well, this is your dad's music. That's what that's what yeah. I realized. Like, well, bartenders oh my God. were like jumping out from behind the bar. Like twenty three year old bartenders were jumping out from behind the bar to get on stage to sing with everybody else. Yeah, like they were that yep. energized yep. by the songs that we heard when we were fucking high school. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> so weird. It's, and I think that's what it is. It's I think it's like it's like dad rock for them. It's like yeah. classic. Yeah. I was I had this conversation with my friend John, and we were talking about about how classic rock for us was like Led Zeppelin, yep. the Beatles, you know. And it's like look at that. This is like late '80s, early '90s, right? So that that music came out like 20 years prior to that yep. that time, and like now, what was out 20 years ago? Right, like yep. Nirvana in Utero just celebrated like the 30th anniversary, yeah. and you're like, oh shit! Well, if that's classic rock, if if Days and Confused the movie came out right now and and used the same um, time warp that it did in the '90s because it was about the '70s, right. that movie would be set in 2005. Yeah, like right. that's it's, that's it's retro, weird, man. That, that's I think I've talked about it on the show before. Like I I knew I was done as a club DJ when I was playing an old school hip hop set and I played uh, Dre Day by Dr. Dre, and these two 21 year old girls were like losing their mind right next to the DJ booth, and I was like, oh man, the kids are gonna be all right. And then I literally heard one girl yell to the other girl, "My dad used to rock me to this song when I was a kid," and I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> These dusty balls need to go hit the trail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what do you think? Should we cheers this up and, and jump into the, the questions? Oh, shit. Well, we could also introduce our guest. Never heard of him. We have a guest? <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like hey, guys, it. guys, over here, guys. Seems like it. Well, uh, you know what? As we already alluded to, you were out doing, you were getting your hustle on today. I was. I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and talk about the, the breadth of what you do. Oh, man. Um, my name is Jesse Valenciana. Uh, currently, um, I've done, I've worn a lot of hats. Um, but right now I I think the hat that I've worn the longest is, um, entrepreneur. You know, like I've always 
had this entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and I, with my partner, Audrey, own the Secret Bodega. So we have a little food company here in Nashville. Um, and I don't know, I, I think it's like easy to say that that's what I do, but like, there's obviously other stuff that I do, you know, um, on the weekends, sometimes I deliver flowers, you know, yeah. <laughs> but like other times I'm doing big ass events. I used to do a lot of stuff in beer. I worked in beer for about a decade. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I, that I love, but professionally, like nothing, I, there's nothing I love more than like, uh, cooking and, and cooking for people. So like the secret bodega, which is my food company like that. That's what makes me me, I think. And for our food nerds out there, uh, they might recognize your cookbook. You want to talk about that? Uh, yeah. So John Carruthers, uh, one of my best friends, and I have written two, two cookbooks together. Uh, the first one's called Mambecue. I used to run a grilling society yeah. in Chicago Fuck yeah. that kind of blew up um, and became, it was almost cult-like. It was, it was fun. It was, you know, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time in that it was a, a big... Um, like community and what I loved about it, it brought all these different people from different walks of life together. And, you know, it started over 15 years ago and there's still people that I, I run into that um, are just like, man, I miss Mambecue. And uh, a lot of parts of that were really great, but the, the word man kind of became a, a swear word. Yeah. And rightfully so there's a lot of shitty dudes out there, but the, the group was not about that. And, yeah. but it, it got tiring trying to, defend yourself being like, no, we're, we're not like those dudes, you know, we're, we're just like grilling nerds. But, uh, regardless, like a lot of really great friendships started through that. Sure. Um, we used to do a lot of TV in Chicago that got us, um, on the today show and then it blew up. Um, and then that kind of is what got me into food. And, uh, that's how the, the book came to be. And John Carruthers, who was one of my absolute favorite writers, like happens to be one of my, best friends, I was like, hey, man, there is this opportunity to write a book, and I'd love to write it with you. And he jumped on it. He's, to this day, just such an amazing writer. Awesome. And then the second book is called Eat Street. And for that, we brought um, my other best friend, John Scholl, because he he was one of the guys that really championed Mambecue with me. So I was like, it's only right that you're doing this book with us. So that was the first two books. Um Currently working on a yeah. potential new book. I uh, just have to sign the contract, make sure the numbers, that sounds so weird, make sure the numbers add up. Damn you right. Know? So, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I don't know if I can say what it's about, but it's like one of my favorite topics. One of my favorite, it, it's a food that I thoroughly enjoy making, uh, that I'm very passionate about. And this book is going to give me a chance to really explore it more and kind of bring it through the color, culinary lens of a bunch of different cultures, which is going to be super exciting. And I know it sounds very vague, but um, it's all good. I feel like until that ink is dry, mm -hmm. I, I want to keep it a little bit closer to the chest. For sure. And and uh, if and when we get the word that things are happening, obviously we will we'll update all of our listeners out there and let them know yeah. Oh, yeah. that it's coming. I thought it was really cool. Uh, this relationship, you and Charles have known each other for a long time. Yeah. Uh, this weekend was the first time that you and I got to meet. And it was kind of funny. Um, I use a, a recipe app called Paprika. 
and it stores all of my recipes. I have probably 1,500 or 2,000 recipes on there. And uh, when we first got into town, you were kind enough to meet us, and we went out and we had a couple beers together. And when we got back, when Charles and I got back to the hotel, I went into Paprika, and I realized, like, I've saved recipes of yours before. <laughs> and that was, like, it was kind of That's a hilarious. cool thing. Like, I, I hadn't really paid attention, but, um, you know, we were talking. I've read some of your articles from the takeout. And then I was like, I bet. And I'm looking and I'm like, holy shit. Like I've literally made your food, not even knowing that I had a, a relation with you and, and that you'd be on the show eventually. That's hilarious. That's why yeah, we I, have I, cool I, guests on our show. Exactly. Not, we fucking, don't just have people on because we know them because Jesse and I have known one another for probably going on a decade now. Uh, yeah. We met through the beer industry, but now we've both since, uh, you know, lessened our involvement or, or ended our involvement with beer, but. We are now familiar with one another. He obviously is super involved in food now. You're basically at the stage where your career is about food. You yeah. write about food, uh, both for um, websites as well as cookbooks, and your the involvement with uh, Secret Bodega. I guess you're peripherally related to food now because yeah. you serve Secret Bodega's food in a lot of breweries. Yeah. We walked into a brewery tap room yesterday, and we saw your menus on the counter, not even knowing that you had uh, your food served. That we were at <laughs> High Wire Brewing Company yesterday after yeah. smoking a cigar at uh, uh, Casa de Monte Cristo. And Shout out to them. Mom was like, hey. Look at that. Check it out. We know that guy. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's cool because I think sometimes um, you, you, it's just neat to watch really good humans blow up. You know, like it's cool when you see someone succeed and you like what they're doing, but then when you get to get to know them and you actually realize that they're like a, an awesome human too, Thanks, it makes it like, it makes it more exciting. You know, it makes you want to root even harder yeah. and, and get behind it. It's, it's this whole trip has just been awesome. And having that as like this underlying thing and knowing that this, this uh, podcast episode was coming up, it's just, it's fucking cool, man. This well, has been great. I, this is, it's an honor to, to be on this podcast, man. I, I, I love Charles and I love you now too. Yeah, man. Like I, I think good people stick together. Right. And like, I tell people now that there is not one friend that I have now that I consider a friend that I wouldn't introduce to my mom. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You go through these stages in life when you're younger, you're kind of like, oh, this is like my friend. You're never going to meet my family. Because we yeah. both like to get hammered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. When you're younger. Like, what do you have in common? Oh, we party hard. Like, yeah, you're, you're never going to meet my no, family. Yeah. And now I'm like, man, whenever I get a chance, I'm like, you got to meet my friends. You yeah. Know? Yesterday you got to meet Audrey finally, and then you got to meet her family, and I'm just like, I'm very proud of my friends. You know, I'm like, you got to meet these people. They're fucking great people. And people always ask, like, so wait, you guys are in from Minnesota. Like, how do you guys know it? You know, and it's like telling the yeah. story. Mm-hmm. It never gets old, man. Yeah. And, like, we've actually, I think we've passed uh, a decade of, of friendship. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Time has no meaning after the pandemic. Well, yeah. like, I don't know, but I, it, that's that. If I had to guess, it would probably be yeah, maybe twelve years. Yeah. I, did, I did love. I uh, sometimes I forget. Like I'm a little bold, and I forget that not everybody knows me. And I loved going up to your partner's dad and like shaking his hand. He was super standoffish, and it was because he didn't realize he thought uh, I was just some random dude on the street, like yeah. trying to hustle him. And she's like, "No, no, no, that's our friend." He's like, "Oh!" And he just lit up. That's like it, it was so great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Dear Ben, you don't know everyone. Yeah. Love all of us. Uh, I love that. I think my favorite thing about my friendship with Jesse is that we know one another so well, but have always lived in different cities. And Marnie's never met him, so he exists in the abstract. It's like he, <laughs> she knows his name, but doesn't know him. And so every time I bring him up, I swear she's like, "Did I have I met him? I do, do I do I?" I'm like, "No, you have not met him. <laughs> he was at the bachelor party, but not the wedding. And like somehow you've never crossed paths. But it's funny that." To her, it's almost like you're not a real person. 
It's like I use you as an excuse to come to Nashville. Or <laughs> like, I gotta give like a yes. give like a cutout or like. Yeah. What, what were those stickers on the the, like the, the fat heads? The fat heads. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I would 100% start doing fat heads of just my friends. Just putting them up on the wall. Well, I believe that because you have a shirt emblazoned with a bunch of photos of me. So. That's true. And I we do know have, you're not lying if you say that. I also I have a fat head. What? I want some Charles, like, boxers. I think I'd be Yeah, <laughs> we could do that. We can make that happen. I, I, uh, I kept the design. Oh, <laughs> I took him to a... He, Charles, unfortunately, was, was under the weather and couldn't go to a concert. And so I wore the shirt, and it, one of the pictures of Charles on the shirt is him drinking out of a straw, and I held the beer up, and it looked like he was literally like drinking, was drinking a beer. beer. <laughs> it was so perfect. <laughs> like, hey, just my homie couldn't be there in person, so we're going to bring him with us. <laughs> okay, one, one last thing before we get into the topics, because it's, been, it's become our mantra for this trip. Uh, we've been saying to one another, be grateful for your stream. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's funny because it coincides. Be grateful for your stream. Be grateful for your stream. Oh. So, so the, and, and the reason it's so great that it coincides with the recording of our 100th episode is because we are grateful for this stream. Yes. But it's funny. We've been saying it to each other the whole weekend. Like, hey, man, be grateful for your stream. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> should, I, should I give the background? It, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's also weird because Charles and I both have beards. And everywhere we go, he gets compliments on his beard and I I never do. I, I got one. <laughs> you both have nice beards is the closest that, that I've gotten to getting a compliment on it. So like it, Charles, of course we stepped off the plane and somebody's like, I love your beard. And I'm like, I'm right here, man. Like you can't, you can't even like give me a little like tip of the cap. Like you so, were at the airport and I went seven Oh three. Yeah. So we're, we're like <laughs> laughing about that. I go into the, the men's bathroom and there's an older gentleman, I would say maybe fifties or sixties, uh, clearly grunting away as his, prostate isn't treating him all that well and i just okay. i'm just, laugh at something like that. yeah i mean it's probably in the just future knowing for all the of us. story but so i i go in and i'm just peeing and i'm like don't think about it just stare at the tiles there's no ads or anything just stare at the tiles get done flash wash your hands get and he leans over to me like just as i'm finishing peeing and he goes be grateful for your stream <laughs> and I was like, that's the weirdest, what? Super weird thing. Yep. And then I go and I'm washing my hands and this dude like has been shaking whatever moisture he could out of his penis. And then he comes next to me and just gets a little water on his hands and like does his hair Tosses and then hair. walks out. I'm like, dude, you, there's no way you don't have piss all over your hands from that. And you're just fucking cool with it. So we just decided to make that the mantra of be, great, be grateful for your stream. Yeah, I got I to gotta use that sometime. I... I'm going to go be grateful for my... We kept saying that. I'm going to go be grateful for I'm going to go stream. be grateful. I'll be back. <laughs> also, we were at a wine with this really cool wine bar the other day called uh, Bad Idea. Yeah. And Quam says to me, I'm going to go piss real quick. And I was like, whoa, humble brag. I mean, people can hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just something else, man. God, that's real fucking... quick, huh? Yeah. All right, buddy. Show off. <laughs> I, I love uh, potty humor. You know, one of my favorite things to do is I was in Chicago this past summer... And I went to a White Sox game because I'm a huge White Sox guy. Last year was it's the literally the year. only time that sentence has ever been said, <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah, in a microphone. Uh, they suck, but it, it's I'm a glutton for punishment. The Bears, you know, it's, it's a Chicago so sports thing, right? Yeah. yeah. But at least the Twins, like every year you're like, man, for us, our World Series is like beating the Twins. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> got them. You know, like, got them. Um, yeah, you only text me when the Bears beat the Vikes. I haven't got a lot of texts recently. <laughs> so, Burn yeah, about like, the bears. It, it's a lot of shit talk. Um, and this year, I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and go through the season. Yeah. Like uh, one of my great friends, AJ, lives in Denver now, but Pruszynski. 
I wanted I I, love, a little bit of me was like, oh my God, if I he's going to say yes, I would dude. like, I want to hang out with that guy. I would totally like just go get drunk with him. Yep. Just hang out. Cause like, he seems like that guy that would totally be down for that. No, it's, it's our friend AJ Patel and he lives in Denver. Uh, he's from Minnesota and every year we make a bet bears Vikes. And this year yeah. I texted him. I'm like, I'm, I'm not even going to bet you cause I know I'm going to lose because like there's <laughs> right. in years past, I'm like, we stand a chance and He's won some. I won some. Yeah. I currently have a Vikings pajama set upstairs because <laughs> of bet. Because of a loss. Last yeah. year. I said. Adorable. So, you know what would go great under that? Some Charles Boxing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the most Minnesota thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah it, it'd be funny to like to, you know, to do that and walk into a. The whole thing was like I was going to get a Minnesota Vikings outfit and walk into the, the Bears bar here and. Uh, in Nashville, and that's what happened. I was like, I look like an asshole, but like more so than I usually do. Uh, <laughs> anyway, going back to my original uh, P story, I was at a White Sox game, and last year was the first year that I ever didn't go to a White Sox, at least one White Sox game. Okay, since yeah, Forever. since I was like literally like a kid. Sure, and it was a sad realization, right? I mean, living in Nashville, you miss these things like that, but um. Went to a Sox game, and they lost. He got their asses handed, and I was peeing, and this guy was in the bathroom, and my two friends came up, and they kind of flanked me, and they were peeing. And <laughs> this guy's walking after he got done peeing and washed his hands, and I was like, whoa, nice dicks, dude. <laughs> dude. And the guy was just, like, mortified. Yeah. And um, yeah. didn't know that they are my friends. Right. And my friend goes, thanks, man. I'm like, no, thank you. And my other buddy's like, thanks. Actually, I think, was it my brother? It might have been my brother. But the guy was just like, <laughs> washing his hands as fast as he could. And just like, what the fuck? I got it. And I like, I walk out, like right after the guy walks out. And he's telling his friends, he's like, and then they all look at me as I walk out of the bathroom. And I'm like, peace. And then I get back to my seats. And I tell my sister, I'm like, oh, I just complimented the guys on their dicks. <laughs> What? What the fuck? Sometimes you just got to go with guy. it. <laughs> like, no, you know what it was? He was mad you didn't compliment him. Oh, I didn't see his. Oh. Well. I, I'm sure he had a very nice Maybe one. if you turn around, he was standing there just hang. <laughs> Just hog out. <laughs> I should have went up next to him and washed my hand. Because like, hey, there guys. was nobody there. So yeah. it was like, it was really like, there was no reason my friends should have peed right next to me. and yeah. But I should have just came up next to him and been like, look in the mirror and be like, can I see yours? <laughs> <laughs> Whip it up, bruh. Free dick ratings. It's yours, 10 bucks on OnlyFans. Can I dick your dick? <laughs> uh, well, we shall we cheers yeah. after that terrible joke that I just made? Salute. Hey, cheers, Salute. guys. One hundo. We are keeping it hunted. Oh, it's so good. That is so good. Let's get after it, huh? All right. Oh, God. That sounds like a rap song. <laughs> All right. Topic numero uno. Jesse, name a favorite food texture, and if you have one, a texture you hate. Ooh, um, I like crunch. I think mm. it adds to food. You know, um, it, it gives it kind of like a little bit of a personality. Uh, when you have like a mushy dish, your your mouth is like bored, right? And it's like grossed out, but you add a little texture to like a mushy something. Like if you added some crispy topping to like mashed potatoes mm -hmm. takes it to a whole different level and like just adds a whole interesting dimension. Yeah. I love crunch. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, to the point where like uh, we have a really wonderful Mexican restaurant, not too far from my house. 
and they think I'm crazy because I will still eat some tortilla chips if I'm getting enchiladas because I just, I, there it's, it's a very like soft texture and right. I just, I like the right. crunch, you know, <laughs> I like that. That's one of the things that yeah. I like lettuce for. It's pretty useless as a vegetable, but it's nice to add a little crunch into something that, you know, lettuce is completely useless. And as a food maker, I hate how wasteful lettuce is like that shit doesn't last, you know? I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was—he's got different like techniques that he uses to like keep lettuce fresher longer. But I'm like, mm-hmm. actually, I just need it for one day, like for that that event, that burger, and it just adds that crunch. Mm-hmm. That's all I want it for. It's flavorless, it's useless, but yeah, that crunch is like it, need it. it makes a difference, you know? Like, yeah, that's the crunch of lettuce is one of my favorite things, and like you know. I have, we all have food memories and like as a kid, you know, that that's, there's certain lettuces and burgers I've had where I'm like, man, that was such a crunchy burger. <laughs> like, I'm with you. Like the burger was mediocre, but like, I just remember crunching in mm-hmm. the bread was like soft and everything was kind of soft and the burger was maybe not great, but that crunch and that cheesy American cheese, which is just a, a fine cheese product. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thing, science cheese. You know? <laughs> so I love having multiple textures in food and often you know the easiest addition is is crunch but i also am of the opinion that sometimes just adding something so that you get texture for me is not enough like i need for there to be a reason for it to be there i'm of the opinion that i don't want breadcrumbs on my mac and cheese i'll eat it but i don't fucking want it there and the reason that people do it is to add texture also i'm on the record for absolutely fucking hating water chestnuts and everyone's like it's for texture (laughs) and i'm like dude it literally has a negative flavor it makes it makes your mouth like forget what the rest of the food tastes like because it's so devoid of flavor i'm like i didn't need that for the texture or you know give me some bamboo shoots or something yeah do you would you agree that sometimes like just just adding something for texture is not enough that it has to have a reason to be there uh yes i mean it I think when it comes to food, there has to be this like balance with everything, right? Yeah. And adding anything just for just for that, like, doesn't work, right? I mean, that's hypocritical after what I just said about lettuce, right? But, sure. um, but what I was thinking when you said that is that lettuce. So I don't like rabbit food on a burger, but if it's a particular burger time and you know time and place for me, it's a freshness component too. So it's not just yeah. the texture; it yeah. also is adding something that kind of like balances like if i don't want the burger to be the greasiest burger i've ever had in my life the lettuce and tomatoes fine with me yeah and if it's the way that the chef prepares it right then it's like not just texture but also like freshness like it freshens it up a little yeah. bit makes it feel a little less gluttonous so you can you know not hit yourself on the car ride home like t- tomatoes do the same thing like i don't yeah. i'm not a big fan like i won't just eat a tomato just to eat it to snack on it like that's not me but on a burger you're right like that and lettuce like the crunch of the lettuce the tomato makes it taste fresh mm-hmm um, but I, I feel like if you're going to add anything like, yeah, it has to serve a purpose. And if like the breadcrumb on mac and cheese, perfect example, like I wouldn't just put breadcrumbs. Um, like I, I'd, I want to add something to it. Right. So like yeah. maybe make some breadcrumbs with like a really nice compound butter, Yeah, you know, like cook that up. Then now you're adding layers of flavor. And when Audrey and I do food pop-ups for uh secret bodega, that's what we do, man. That's like, Food's, it's a journey. Like, every dish that we make is, like, you start off with this base, right? Like, if we're doing a burger, like, okay, cool. We're going to have the meat. Obviously, we're going to have the bread. But what bread are we going to have? Yeah. Like, well, if we're going to have this, like, now we're going to do, like, a sesame seed bun. Or we're going to do, like, a patty melt. Then 
you're playing with this really nice rye bread. So like what cheese goes with the rye bread, you know? So it's like, for us, it's like flavor, flavor, flavor. And you like slowly build that. Everything's intentional. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So like, I would never be like, oh, let's add a potato chip because haha, cool potato chip on a burger. But it's like, yeah, yeah. if it makes sense, if you're doing like a, a barbecue burger and you add some like barbecue potato chips, like that can yeah. be kind of fun. Makes it adding, fun. Yeah. Adds a little bit yeah. of a seasoning component. Like if you, so if you supplanted just doing like unseasoned panko, cause I know some people like to have that texture there. I would just rather have cheesy motherfucking Mac. But if someone said like, I put duca on my Mac and cheese, I'd be like, well, let me fucking Let's try go. it. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. dope as fuck. Yeah. Mm, also shout out to duca. Hell yeah. So fucking good. Um, you, actually, me. I just thought of that, and I'm like, I should try. Yeah, that. I want to do that. Yeah, it sounds dope. Uh, Jesse, do you have? Do you have? A, is there a texture you don't like? Is there something that you're like, uh, like, mm. miss me with that shit? Not really, man. Okay. Like, I, I, fortunately and unfortunately, like, we'll eat anything. Like, I, I'm very um, adventurous when it comes to food. You know, like, there's not. I, I like it. Kind of annoys when people are like, I won't eat this. It's like, why the fuck not? If you don't like something, cool. But to not ever try something. That grates on my nerves. Like yeah. when people are like so not willing to try shit, I'm like, it, it says a lot about a person when they're just like, I've never had it, but it sounds disgusting. You're like, why does it sound disgusting? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It reminds me of what. <clears throat> excuse me. When I was a when I was a kid, like, um, there there was when you'd have like these kids that were that came from like ethnic homes, they you have like an aroma to you, like. When my grandma would cook at our house, um, we'd smell like Mexican food, right? And mostly when my mom would cook, it was American food. But when my grandma would, like, throw down some food, go to school, and, like, you have this aroma. And I remember there was this this Indian kid who was a year younger than me. And kids would be like, he smells so bad. And it was because mm. they cooked Indian food, you know? And yeah. it kids, was one of those things. like that. Yeah. But for me, like... I never viewed it that way because I was like, oh, he just smells like whatever food they're cooking in his house. Sure. And like, even as a kid, I remember being like, I wonder what they're cooking. You know, <laughs> I was never like, yeah, oh, you fucking smell. It's like, right. what is it? Why do you smell like, like, what are you cooking? You know, like it's, and I knew like certain spices smelled really strong. So I, you know, I kind of give it a look like us brownies got to stick together because we all have an aroma. <laughs> like mm -hmm. these white kids. No, man, they smell <laughs> like toast. Yeah. <laughs> smell like Wonder Bread and bologna. Yeah. That's why, my, that's why my nickname for Jesse is my brown butter brother. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, um, I, I remember, like the only kid that I remember getting made fun of for a smell was literally like dude's house smelled like mildew. And I think that they were just down on their luck. And yeah. it, was, it was brutal. I, as I got older, looking back on it, I've, I was just more concerned for like his long-term health. Yeah. And like what that does. It was, that was a tough situation, but you're right. Dude, kids are fucking mean. Absolutely. Kids are so Especially brutal. things they don't understand unless they're in a household that teaches them that people are different and yep. you should embrace that. Yeah. I have this, um, I, I'm, I have a million ideas, right? And I just wish I had a million hours in a day because there's things that I really want to do that I'm very passionate about. But <clears throat> you know, owning a business, you have to focus on certain things or else nothing will get done. Right. But one of my goals one day to do, um, I wanted to do like a food program, like pre, what are those, uh, like Blue Apron? What's, what's yeah, like HelloFresh, like one of the, the, where they give you all the ingredients and like how to do it. Yeah, there's a certain name. It's, it's, it's slipping my mind right now. But anyway, um, I wanted to do something like that, but it was like, it's meals for kids. Yeah. So like parents get to cook with their kids because I think, there's a lot of bonding that goes on when you cook with people. Sure. Like I love for Thanksgiving, um, 
one of my best friends, Jacob, is coming to town. And, like, you know Jacob, amazing brewer, but, like, he's a phenomenal chef. So, like, one of my favorite things to do with people in general is to cook. But, like, there's certain people, too, where I'm like, I love cooking, but, like, cooking with this guy is awesome. It's, like, next level. So him and I, um, you know, we're, we're going to be cooking. But anyway, that time with kids and their their parents, that's something I didn't have. Like, you know, food, I didn't view food when I was younger like I do now. And I'm, I kind of kick myself in the ass. I'm like, I wish I would have, like, paid more attention to my mom when she was cooking. But now I'm like, how do we do it so, like, the next generation yeah. – does do that and for me it was like it'd be cool to like do a food program like that um those prepackaged meals whatever the, uh, and like for me i think of those kids that got made fun of because they smelled differently yeah you know and for me it was right. like i don't think a kid smells weird he just smells different like yeah. and but it's like teaching <laughs> kids like bringing culture to kids and teaching them like you know i want that white kid to go to school and smell like the indian kid that got made fun of yeah and it's like that teaches kids and they learn and like they learn to be more accepting and open to other cultures. You know, I, I lucked out, you know, we were not a, a family of deep means. It was just me and my mom. And you know, like I knew, <clears throat> I knew what it felt like. I, I, I very rarely got a, got new clothes. Right. It was always like in a garbage bag from one of her other friends that had older kids. Yeah. But I lucked out because my mom uh, tried to bring me with every time she went on a business trip. And so I got to travel. And I think any time that you can show kids how small the world is and also how large the world is, you start to like break down those walls that kids are putting up because they're scared of something different or one person that's a bully targets somebody for being different. And then people just kind of join in because they don't want to be the one that sticks out. And the more that you see of the world, whether it's like, so for me, it was going to those places, but I didn't understand. I didn't understand the different cultures of food until I was much, much later. Like it's still fascinating to me to be where I'm at with my palate because I was very, very sheltered with like what I ate growing up. I was, I was picky because we had a lot of TV dinners and microwave stuff. And I've talked about it on the show before. Like I literally didn't know that you could make a sauce from scratch. I thought there was something magical that happens at restaurants yeah. that you're not allowed to do at yeah. home. And I think of all of my friends who grew up in houses where they were just a part of that. You know, like there was prep that I would do. Like if my grandmother was around, like I would help her, but I never found out like why yeah. or how, like what, what's the reason for adding this? It was just do this, then do this, then do this. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can empower the kids with the why behind it, I think the more that they're just going to understand. It's, you, you know, it, we talk about how education is such an important tool, but um, education is more than just book smarts. Like it's teaching people, teaching kids, you know, whether it's uh, some kind of trade or like with cooking, like that is opening up the window to the world. Like not to sound too cheesy, but like food does that. Food has that power. Like food's a very powerful, powerful thing. And the younger you can start kids. And I'm not talking about like chopped kids. Like that's fucking bullshit. Like, that that teaches like unhealthy competition, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I think like a cool show would be like instead of getting kids to compete, try to make better food than the other person. Like, how about you build a team and like you make a dish with like minimal this or that. You know, like yeah. I think that's empowering. But like teaching these kids, like like to your point, showing kids how the world is not as huge as it might seem when you're that small. Like right. bringing that world closer to you, where you're like you're having. Lebanese food as a little Greek kid or like you might just be like a white bread kid and now you're having like this food from a place that you didn't even know existed and now like 
for me, it's like you, you start with food. And like, if I were to do this food program, it's like you're doing Mexican food today. And here's an info sheet about like what each ingredient is and what this meal is and like who the people are and how they made it. And here's your dish. Yeah. And like that just gets kids like minds open. And that kid that used to get made fun of won't get made fun of next time. You know, like that kid will like defend the kid that was getting bullied because he's like, yo, dude, he doesn't smell like yeah. he just cooks something different. And uh, for sure. Yeah. Guam textures. Textures. You, oh, yeah. That's what we're what, talking about. Yeah. What do you like? What do you hate? <laughs> you if, know, if you do hate anything, my I don't favorite know. texture on earth is a really thick ice cream. I love the silkiness of like a like six egg yolk custard. Like give Damn. that to me all day yeah, long. Yeah. That is one of the few things that I will actually not add a texture to. Like I'll like I love I love to make cookies and cream ice cream at home. That's my wife's favorite. I love, I love to make that. But I will also whenever I make that, I will also make a separate batch of just vanilla because I just love the simplicity of that silkiness on your tongue. Yeah. And I will even go so far as to say that uh, on the other end of that spectrum, Dairy Queen, the reason I love Dairy Queen is the same thing. I, I try not to eat it very much, but uh, that, that, I mean, it's you know whipped shortening, I'm sure. But literally like that silkiness is yeah. like, I, I crave it almost where to the point where I don't care about the flavor. I really don't give a shit. I just like the feeling of something that yeah, cold and, yeah, and, sure. and silky. Do you remember the McDonald's um, chocolate, like the swirl cone? Yes. Yeah, the yeah, twist man. cone. Yeah. I, I, that's probably, honestly, that's probably what started my love affair with that. Yeah. Because uh, my my grandmother, the one fast food that she Soft really, really loved. like a fascinating texture. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Soft serve ice cream is just dreamy. It's its own thing. My, I'm guarantee you that most of my freshman 15 that I gained in college was because we had a serve yourself uh, soft serve <laughs> machine and I would legit eat like two ice cream cones at dinner. Cause it was just, I, I loved it. I absolutely did. I'm also going to be a complete hypocrite about the texture thing because I love crunch in things. I put potato chips on sandwiches all the time. I like, I love that. But, um, when people mix in something that's very soft, like chili and they mix in diced raw onions, I hate the random speed bump where mm. you're, you know, sort of like chewing something soft and then you get this weird like, and then it's gone. You don't it, finish the bite at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It, it creeps the me the fuck out. The liquid goes down, but you're still chewing raw onions. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like that. And it's, sure, I, sure. I love onions. I will put onions in everything. There is caramelized onions is a smell that literally, like I do like the Homer Simpson where like I'm on my tippy toes like a like a ballet dancer. Caramelized onions, gorgeous. I love onions in things. I get it. It's just like chili or, um, you know, any, anything that's just a soft, everything else is soft and usually like somewhat liquidy. And then there's these chunks of onion. It just drives me crazy. It sure. literally like, it's um, like a nails on the chalkboard thing. Like I get like a, a chill up my spine. So no oyster crackers in for you? I do like oyster crackers and I don't, Hypocrite. I, I know I can't explain <laughs> it. I'll crumble up. You can soften them. Dude, right? I'll throw, yeah, I'll throw. Yeah, like cereal, like, depends yeah, how long it sits yeah. in there. Yep. <laughs> uh, some uh, uh, Ritz crackers too. I love Ritz crackers yeah, yeah. In, in chili. I don't know what it is. It's just in that one application. It, it really like grosses me out to the point where like all my shoulders will will seize up. Now, I, speaking of chili, are you guys Texas chili or with beans? All I'm the above. Con, I'm a con carne mm. guy. Mm. I do. It, honestly, it kind of depends on what I'm going for. Yeah. The hotter that I make my chili, the less likely it is to have beans in it. Huh. But if I make um, like a, a white chili with chicken, it's 
probably more beans than than meat. Um, when I do a white chili, I use navy beans. Navy beans yep. like absorb; they're they're just like the sponge, so they absorb all the flavors. But yeah, um, I have this like love for Texas South. I don't like anything else in Texas besides chili. <laughs> Uh, even my family in Texas. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, Texan, Texan family. Um, no, but uh, all seriousness, I have fallen in love with like Texas chili, just like really beefy. Yes. Um, I did a we did a pop up a few months ago, and I did a chili dog, and it was called Sucking On a Chili Dog outside yeah. the tasting. And freeze? when people would uh, would order it, I'm like, I'm sorry, what would you like to like the chili dog? I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, which one is that one? It's like Sucking On. <laughs> a chili dog. I'm like, oh yes, sucking on a chili dog. You got it. <laughs> you know? But it was that the chili on a on a hot dog should never have beans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Never, if it's used as a topping, get it's out of there. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm with you on sauce, that. Like, right. if you're well, home, yeah, I can't put my fucking chili con carne on a on a hot dog either because it's got giant cubes yeah. of pork shoulder. Yeah. So Dude, that would possible. be cool on a, like a. Like it's never been done, but like on a burger, I think it'd be really fun. Like it could literally be it's on sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do use beans in my con carne, but I do two two small cans of pinto. One is actually literally blended because I use it as a thickener. Yeah, I've done that. The other can is just there's some beans in there, but it's not like formative to the experience. It's yeah. not like a bean chili. There's just a few beans in there. Yeah, I d- I will weirdly though. I've never thought about this before. I will I passionately say no beans in. Um, like I make a, a verde mm-hmm. and like when hatch chili season hits, I do this huge ass batch and I'm slowly working through it in my freezer. I have a drop freezer. That's literally one half of it is just the, the hatch chili yeah. <laughs> that I, that I made that that's the only chili where I, I will not ever put beans in it. Yeah. Like it's gotta, yeah, it it's is. gotta just be peppers and, and pork. I yeah. can, I can see that being the case with that chili in particular. So my take on the, the texture matter is I love squishy i like food that i love food that fights back <laughs> i just really i'm gonna take that solo audio that that please do please send it to me i love squishy like i want you, to be your ringtone when you yes, call me yes. so i love squishy it's mostly asian foods right yeah i love squishy it's mostly asian foods because even like a, a properly prepared spring roll when you bite into it it's like the food that bites back you know what i mean but mochi has yeah. that effect oh, God. yeah you bite i bite it mochi. and it's got that oh, squishiness yeah, yeah. Have you guys had Saku? Do you know what Saku is? I do not. It is, um, it's a Southeast Asian, typically Thai dumpling where the outside uh, is made of tapioca. Yeah. And it's so squishy when you bite into it. Yeah, yeah. The filling can be pork or it can be mushrooms. Like there's a restaurant in in Minneapolis called uh, Kaluna that does the Saku that you can order. And like, I don't ever want to share them because that texture makes me just want to eat them all. The filling tastes like it could be meat. It's not. That's actually one of their vegan dishes because the filling is um, a really fine mince of mushroom. Oh, let's go. It reads like like meat, but it's not. And it's not about the filling, even though that adds something to the party because tapioca goes flavorless. But that texture of biting into those squishy little balls. Go to any Asian market that has like grab and go, and you will almost certainly find saku. There's like a there's a longer name I can't think of it right now, but it's S A K O O, I believe. And then there's two other words, which if you Google saku, you will find it. But those like that kind of texture, the mochi yeah. or anything like that, that springiness. Obviously, I love a lot of textures, but that's one that comes to mind right now. Well, I mean, it even like mm-hmm. our, we've talked about our love of uh, Xiaolong Bao on this show. Like that's sure. that's yeah. s- squishy with a squirt. 
<laughs> squishy, squishy with a squirt. squirt. Yep. Oh, yeah. um, my friend. It's my Instagram handle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was your OnlyFans handle. <laughs> okay. It's his underwear line. That's uh, it. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> It's got the man, like built-in man bond. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you for being the only other person I know that uses that term. It's absolutely a thing. Uh, my, my friend owns this restaurant in Chicago um, called Urban Belly. Um, Bill Kim, and he's an amazing, amazing chef. And he there's a there's a dish that he does. I, I forgot what it's called, but it's like it's a squishy like kind of noodle mm. that, um, that he it oh, absorbs yeah. all the flavor that it. You know that all the different ingredients that are cooked with it, right? Mm-hmm. So when you bite into it, it's just like it's squishy, but oh. it's got all these flavors. It's like a sponge of. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god! I, I want to go. I have to figure out what it's what it's called, but it's like it's it's pretty common. It's it's a. It'll it'll come to me, but yeah, Ur- like urban belly. Have it, urban belly. Okay. Yeah, I like it in meats too. I like it in offal. I like it in oh, yeah. squid. I like yep. it in escargot. Like you know, when you bite into a properly prepared snail, it's got a little bounce. You know, yep. there's like yeah, a yeah. little there's give and there's bounce. Like you don't want to keep you don't want something to be in your mouth for a half hour. But you, I do. Pr- I'm I do sorry. Appreciate yeah. that. What a, extra. That's another audio we're gonna have to Let's clip do out. it, baby. <laughs> so the texture I don't care for. Um, the texture I don't care for is, I'm gonna say sandy, and it's something people don't think about. But uh, like grittiness. If you okay, yeah. here's here's an for instance, Marnie ordered some Thai food from a restaurant that I, I won't name. Um, she really likes some dishes they make, and she's already making an order. And so I said, yeah, I'll take the pad Thai and add shrimp. Overcooked shrimp turns to grit. It becomes like mm. sand. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like it returns yeah. from once it came. It's yeah. like look, you've now it's like you're burying me on the beach. Okay? Now this is happening. Yeah, and <laughs> like. I turned here after eating the dish, and I was like, uh, thanks for ordering dinner, but I'm officially retiring from having any food from this restaurant. Like, I was like, it, it didn't ruin my night, but I just, you know, I'd rather fill my belly with something else yeah. than overcooked shrimp, which is like, that's hard to do. I mean, if you're a pro chef, it's pretty, it's, you really had to like walk away from the pan yeah. for that yeah. shrimp to get sandy. Yeah. But that like sandy grittiness that happens to food like that, it happens to a lot of seafood. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I absolutely hate that. Like, it's in your mouth, and you're like, ooh. And then the more you bite, you're like, uh-oh. And then you have, like, that weird sandy texture. In your- no, thank you. I, I me with that. I apply the same thing to um, any sort of, like, uh, cream or cheese-based sauce that, that somebody fucks up the roux. Or totally. they, don't, they don't mix it properly when that breaks. Like, that's the only time. Sweets, too. I don't want to have yeah. crunchy sugar. No. I just, I don't like sweets. I'm with you on that. And like if you're reminding me, yeah. Yeah. you're reminding me there's sugar, that makes me really mad if I'm crunching through yeah. granular sugar and something that is, like, a sauce or a frosting. Yeah, yeah that's not cool. Nah, I'm done. You know, I, I when I was a kid, I used to love um, lengua, uh, beef tongue tacos, yeah. right? Oh yeah. And now I can't do it, man. Oh sure. They're like well, you've because you've had overcooked lengua that gets sandy. Um, it, it's different. Um, it I happens had, to liver too. I've mm-hmm. had well, I hate liver. I've ever since I, I was a kid, liver. my grandma like she, I remember she would she make like liver and onions for my grandpa, mm. and they were just like, oh my god, it's so great. Now it was the smell, the yep. taste. It was mm. so it it just really turns me off, but. Tongue, beef tongue, um, I had, and I don't remember exactly where, but I remember I had this beef tongue taco, and one of the pieces was, was, was a big chunk, mm-hmm. and I could taste, like, the the, the tongue. <laughs> like the fibers it. of it. Yeah, yeah, and it was almost like what I was eating was licking me back. Sure. And I, I <laughs> can never. Yeah. Lick yeah. me and it, I'll it lick just, you back. <laughs> uh, 
And after that, man, like I cannot. I'm with you. I can't I get do lengua. And my mom's like, when you were a kid, you used to love that stuff. I'm like, yeah, now I won't fucking touch that. I feel like someday you're going to like try again and be like, oh, yeah, okay, that memory has faded. Well, <laughs> I, I've eaten beef tongue, but yeah. like for our first book, we did uh, beef tongue Reuben, but it was thinly sliced. So I, there was no chance that tongue was going to lick me back, yeah, you know? So you but don't like, like the cubes. Yeah. In tacos, sure. I'm like, I'm not fucking touching that. I got you. But I remember, I, I still remember the flavor. Like the flavor I loved, but I will not bite into a tongue taco famously in chicago on a boys trip to a bunch of breweries like 12 years ago uh we went to tony's taco shop really late at night and i had one homie who was like i can't believe you eat lengua that shit's disgusting and i was like i'm gonna crush lengua tonight and so i got a container with just three lengua tacos he got some beef thing and we get back to the crib and like i think i went to the bathroom washed my hands i came out he's crushing his last taco i'm like damn you went to town he was like hell yeah these tacos rule and then i opened the clamshell that was supposedly mine and it was his beef i was like you just ate my lengua you said you don't like yeah, me yeah. he's like i guess i do i was like fuck <laughs> you man it's, the, the flavor again like if, if the texture wasn't there the flavor of lengua, I still remember it. Like yep. it, mm-hmm. it's like almost like it's like slightly sweet. Like it's it's good. Little but, gaminess. Yeah, I grew up eating tongue too. That's, yeah, it was a cheap cut that we could get from yeah. the country for. They probably gave it to my mom. Like, what? We ain't gonna eat this shit. Yeah. Fucking get it out of here. One of my I favorite. One of my favorite tacos in the Twin Cities. That it's not on the menu anymore. But at uh, Centro, they used to do. Um, it, they called it tongue and cheek, and it was lengua and oh. beef cheek together. Things that, that are now so fucking expensive. Right? They, they used to be like, this was poor people food. Yep, you know, yep. like, right. like lobster too. You know, yeah, like all that's something it. you can't afford to have waste with yeah. because if people aren't yeah. ordering the tongue, then you're fucking throwing it away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, cheers. Cheers. Fellas. cheers. Let's, uh, cheers and move on to topic. Numero dos. As we alluded to earlier, Jesse, we've all been, um, we've all been part of big fests. We've done a ton of events. Um, I, we are movie dorks, like we love watching films. We've seen a ton of cool shit, but the bad ones are really bad. And I want to know, have you ever walked out of anything? Um, like, gone in man, and just been like, nope, absolutely not, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I used to think I was an asshole for stuff like that, but no, it's just like, you know what you want to take in and what you don't want to take in. But right. when I was younger, I wasn't, I guess, like, I would put up with shit because I was like, oh, you got to do this. But there is a band called And You Will Know Us by, like, by the Trail of the Dead. Fuck yeah. And they're fucking amazing. And they had, they played a show in Mil- Milwaukee and they had Black Rebel Motorcycle Club Fuck, open up. That's a sweet bill. That's a dream bill. Yeah. Uh, this is when BRMC was, when Howl came out. Yeah. Uh, the very acoustic forward record. They, I thought the show was going to be like rock and they just did a full acoustic. I was completely sober and I fell asleep standing up. Holy shit. (laughs) That was one time I should have walked out. I look like people probably were like, man, that dude is on heroin. Exactly. (laughs) You're just Uh, somewhere deep down a K hole. Yeah, I'm just like sitting there (laughs) like, away from that guy. Man, they're like, holy shit, like what's keeping him up? He's on, yeah, he's on some kind of weird drug. I was just like, I'm so bored out of my fucking mind. And that was one of those shows where I should have walked out. But it was like, you can't. You can't just like walk out and come back in. How um, old were you? Dude, I was looking like, I think it was 
late 20s. Remember when you were that age? And I mean, I don't even really need to vet whether this is true because this is true of, I think, all, all men our age. Do you remember at that age, there was basically like, you can't leave anything until it's over correct it was like yeah. your friends would look at yeah. you like you're gonna dude the twins are losing 14 to 1 in the eighth and you're gonna leave yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and but we, at the time like it was basically unspoken you don't we, leave until the end and yeah. we'd even but god damn it i wish i did sometimes yeah. now i'm like i would have been doing something more fun than watching the twins get hammered by the pods or whatever yeah like, but we'd even do it <laughs> we'd even do it for like a shitty light beer like if you're just like, nah, I'm gonna finish like, it. No man, wounded soldier. Yeah. Like all beer's got to be gone. And you're like, I no, don't no, want good, that man. anymore. It's, it's literally like 90 degrees out, and that yeah. beer is 90 degrees it's out. It's hot and And then we also did it with the 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 inverse, where if we went to concerts when we were teenagers or even in our 20s, you had to go from the very beginning, yep. even if you didn't give a fuck about it. If you knew you didn't like an opener, you still had to watch Correct. everything. Yeah, Squeeze every that. ounce of value yeah. out of it. I don't do that anymore. Now I'm like, what time is the main event? I don't really care to find out if that opening band is cool. Me personally, I mean, I understand that a lot of people come early and that band probably deserves some recognition, but yo, I'm going to grab a bite to eat with my wife first and yeah. then let me know, oh, 840? All right, we'll be there at 840. Yeah. I, I do that most of the time now. Shout out to uh, to the the concert group First Avenue for tweeting out every. They have eight properties that they book for, and they tweet out exact set times for every single Love one it. of Love them that. every single night. I'm like, hell yeah, you guys are more amazing. people should do that. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't like, do it because they want you know they want people to come buy dr drinks and to also get exposure for the opening bands, which I fully understand. Totally, there are a lot of people who are unlike me, and you know, to each their own. I just don't, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Yep. I feel like when when we're young, younger like you have more time to do more things Facts. so like yeah I, I look at like and I, it's not fair to look back and be like damn it i wasted so much time but I did. if we're to sit here and, and count the hours that we wasted doing dumb shit or like like literally dumb shit it's just it's probably years <laughs> years <laughs> you know it's absolutely like, mm -hmm. there, there's like dumb shit i did that was fun where i'm like man i've got a story for you <laughs> and it's like a super dumb story but like yeah like going to shows and like the the first two bands just fucking suck, and you sit there like this band sucks. Now I'd be like, Done. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go to the bar outside of the hall and uh, do a shot and a beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like right. Oh, I'm yeah. not, like or to your point, like we've got stuff to do. So it's like I'm I'm gonna see the headliner, and I don't really care about the opener unless someone's like, Hey, dude, you really should should really check them out. But yeah, I'm like, this is the only band I really want to see on this on this bill. Like, Another thing I do, even if it's a band I love. I'll look at the set list that was being, and I hate spoilers, but I'll do this for a very practical reason. I'll look at the set list on their tour and I'll hail an Uber when there's a couple songs left. Because if you pile out of the venue and it's like 11.30 p.m. on a Tuesday and your wife is a school teacher, yeah. I'd much rather say we can get a car at 11.15. We're not going to get a fucking car at yeah. 11.30. So... Do you do you really want to see these two songs? If not, let's get the fuck out of here. See, I would have never been, I wouldn't have been caught dead even admitting this ten years ago. Uh -huh. I that, okay. So when I am going to something that I want to see, I want to squeeze every ounce of it, and That's I will fair. not yeah. leave. Like th that is me. Like because you, unless you see the set list, you don't know like what the the last song is. For me, right. it's like you get that FOMO. Like I've controlled my FOMO very well now. Like I used to have really bad FOMO, but now it's like you get older also, and it's like, dude. You're not missing out. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, be all right. with yeah. music, there's like a few things that still make me geek out and make me feel like a kid. I'm so with you. 
Yeah, and, and music's that. Like, food and music are those things where, like, they still excite me. Like, if I try uh, something new where I'm like, holy shit, I never had that before. And, like, the excitement I get, I want to try it again, like, tomorrow. <laughs> you know, and, like, and music is, like, one of those things where I'm like, sure. when something really hits. Do you do that with every band? Like, one of my, for instances, is we see Liam Bridges once a year. So oh, I'll leave before Leon the encore. Bridges. That's fine, because I see him all the time. But if, like, job for the job for a cowboy who have an album come out in a couple months they never fucking tour right. if they came here i'm not leaving yeah right so it's circumstantial but see some like, people just won't leave i doubt Quam ever leaves the main band before the end yeah, yeah, I, I would, yeah. So you do it occasionally uh, really really rarely okay. Uh, okay. usually because if it's a band that i haven't seen i want to squeeze every single drop like you were saying yeah. jesse if it's a band that uh i've loved for a long time chances are they're going to play some bangers that i just really want to hear kind of at the end like like I recently got to see Peter Gabriel and check him off the list. I knew for a fact, like he's going to do a lot of like newer stuff early. And then it's, it's, he's throwing high heat, man. Yeah. It's, it's the best of the best is what's going to end the show. So of course I got to stick around, but, um, a good, good friend of mine. I just got to give him a shout out. Uh, recently just had a baby. Uh, so shout out to Brady and Vanessa for having their little baby Cooper. Uh, Brady and I bonded over the fact that we had both been to thousands of concerts and we had never seen Bruce Springsteen. And uh, he went to, uh, his wife's favorite band was Coldplay. And so they went to the Coldplay show at MetLife in New York. They live out in, in New York. And uh, he like looked it up and he's like, you know what? We've already seen all the songs we love. Do you want to get out of here? Cause it's a long drive back. Like they actually live across the, the border in Connecticut. So it's already an hour drive. Yeah. We got to get out of here fast. And he called me from the parking lot like beside himself because as they got to the car in the parking lot, they hear the crowd go crazy. And Chris Martin from Coldplay goes, ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Springsteen. And oh, he goes, wow. two, three, Damn. four. Yeah, and crazy. Coldplay was the backing band for Bruce Springsteen for the oh, encore. No. And he missed the uh. entire thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, that yeah. that that put the fear of God back into oh, me. Yeah. So now I like I can't leave. For sure, I have to stay sure. till the very end. Dude, that's, hey, that's playing with fire because you never know. Like yeah. something like that could happen. You just never know. I'd rather not know. If I, you know what I mean? I'd rather um, be like, no, nah, I'm good. In the early 2000s, when the Chicago Bears were actually like a professional football team, um, <laughs> they had a Brian Erlocker, who has since become a complete weirdo, right wing piece of shit uh, human. But hair plug spokesman. Uh, you what? Airplug spokesman. Yeah, yeah. That, that guy. Um, but there was one season that was a magical season. It's when we went to the Super Bowl. Uh, and my buddy Tom Rubio, has his family has had Bears season tickets since the Bears played in Wrigley Field, so like the 60s. His grandfather uh, had the season tickets and has handed them down to his father. And now Tom has them. They split them as, uh, with the, like the siblings do. Anyway, um, there was one, one season where um, – Tom was like, hey, I've got tickets to these two games. Let's go. Went to one game. Bears were getting their asses handed. So we're like, let's get out of here so we can start drinking somewhere. We leave Soldier Field. So, like, you have to pass Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. Um, and then you start getting in the city, and you just hear, like, the crowd go nuts. And we're like, oh, like, I wonder what happened, you know. And then we cross Michigan Avenue, and there's this hotel, and everybody's standing up in there. And then as we're crossing the street, people just – Fucking start pouring out of there. I'm like, did they just, what just happened? They're like, Mike Brown just got an interception, ran for a touchdown, Bears win. I was like, God no! damn it. Oh, yeah, God that's, see, so you regret something like yeah. that. For, that's what keeps us from leaving no matter the yeah. Twice that happened that season. And there was another game, same thing. Like, it was like another Mike Brown interception. And we're like, dude, Bears are losing. Let's get out of here. And as we, like, this time we weren't even, like, that far. We're like, 
walking and the crowd goes nuts and slug Tom in the arm like, God damn it, why did we well, leave? Think about this. Minneapolis Miracle. Minneapolis Miracle. Hundreds, if not a thousand plus people left the stadium when the Vikes, when Stefan Diggs caught that touchdown pass in the Minneapolis Miracle. Like, what, what game was that? The uh, first playoff game against the Saints. The divisional round playoff yep. game against the Saints when um, there were 13 seconds left. We were at, I believe, our own like 30, yep. 35 in that range. And Keenum, Case Keenum whipped the ball to uh, Diggs on the sideline. Diggs skied high above Marshawn Lattimore. Fuck you, Marshawn. And came <laughs> down with the ball and didn't go out of bounds. And Marshawn had passed him. And he turned and ran up field, scored a touchdown at the buzzer, walked yeah. off. Walk off home run. Yep. There were a lot of people left because that's an impossible situation. I yep. believe it was 13 seconds. Yep. We're on our yeah. own like 30. Yeah. So everyone's like, honey, let's get the car, right? So there's a lot of people. I had friends who stayed, which is cool. I haven't heard of anybody that I personally know, but I doubt they'd admit it. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I was there. Uh, I, was yeah. there. Yeah. I, I, I was there. I was crazy. I will leave, uh, going back to the White Sox, I will leave a White Sox game. Yeah. Like when I was younger, yeah, I was like, now you would. Because yeah. right. now I'm like, they stopped selling beer at what, seventh inning? Yes. And like, they have put on such a trash product on the field where I'm like, I'm good, man. <laughs> we're we all right. We, saw, where, we did not conquer. Yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Charles, yeah. have you have you walked out of anything? I have. I've walked. Well, you know, the older we get, the more um, likely we are to say, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. But one example that comes to mind, and we were talking about this, Guam, was because um, I had actually asked you a few days ago, like, or you asked me? I don't remember. We were talking about movies, walking out yeah. of movies. And the first movie I ever walked out of, and it, I think it's the only movie I've ever walked out of, was This is the End of Dies. <laughs> so when Arnold said the titular line after about 40 minutes of the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I was probably like fucking 15 or 16 at the time. But I was like, Arnold, it's just not working anymore, my friend. Like, you could have done the dumbest shit ever in movies for the first 15 years of my life, but End of Days was just rotten i don't think i've ever even seen that don't yeah, please just don't or don't do, do and like have fun with it yeah there's <laughs> movies like that where i'm like oh man it sounds like shit i gotta watch <laughs> yeah, it. i gotta see it yeah, right? it wasn't you. so bad as good though because i love things that are so bad as good yeah. it was so bad it's bad and that's when you need to leave yeah. every everybody by the way go watch double team with uh dennis rodman and jean claude van damme <laughs> yeah, and fat dane cook oh it's, my god it's the worst best movie you'll ever the see only unbelievable redeeming person in that is dennis rodman <laughs> Okay. The most redeeming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, the person. Any, like yeah, any redeeming mean. characteristics is Dennis Rodman. Oh, it's so yeah. it's so bad. Of those three, like fuck Dane Cook, yeah. pedophile. Yeah. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Like I know he's having this like resurgence. resurgence yeah. And well, it's, it started like eight years ago. It's not really happening anymore. Yeah, like he did that that commercial with the the, the splits, but. I still think that Steven Seagal would kick his ass. Oh, dude, well, not, not now. Okay, let's not fight well, about not this. Let's now. let Quam. Yeah, let's let Quam right, answer. Right, right. So, well, the the reason that I thought about it was it was uh, recently the anniversary of my friend John walking out of a movie, and it was the funniest thing I've I've literally. It's he's a hilarious guy. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen him do. We, um, I have this group of friends, and I love that because uh, THC is legal in Minnesota. I don't have to say allegedly anymore. We called it uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, Too High. And we <laughs> get super stoned, and we go see. It started with F5. We go see the Fast and Furious incarnation, like whatever's out. And we went to, to F9. And oh I don't know. We're like 40 minutes into the movie, and John just loudly goes, No! And just stood up and walked out of the theater, and I thought it was—I thought it was so fucking bold. Like 
Absolutely not. And he Mike literally, dropped. and he didn't, he didn't like go home. He went to a bar a block away from the theater and waited for us yeah. so that he could explain why A, he did it. And then B, make fun of all of us for what sitting through it. What a gentleman. But that just okay. loudly, no, just <laughs> <laughs> going is so fucking great. It was uh, genius. Uh, but I, I recently, uh, I've talked about it on this show before. Uh, I have trouble if the sound isn't right, if something is fucked up with the yeah. sound. And I was recently at a show and I'm not going to name the band because I know the band and I know the sound guy and it was not their fault, but there was a speaker that was blown oh, and man, that's terrible. I was trying really hard no. to like gut it out and I, I couldn't and I yeah. got out and I sat in my car and I just thought like. These are like homies. The, the plan originally was like when they were done playing, we were all going to hang out backstage and, and talk. And I was like, can I, can I actually text them this? And I, I, fuck it. You know what? Yeah. I was like, bro, your mid on the left side was blown and it was making my eyes water and I can't fucking deal with it. I'm really sorry. I'm a nerd. I, I, I had to go home. No, that that's good feedback, man. Like that's, that's productive, right? Yep. It's not like you were like, dude. That set list sucks. I mean, well, that's uh, the thing. They knew. They the, had to know. The, the They're tough, probably more mad about it than Guam was. Yeah. And the, the tough part was like sitting in my car. Like there's also nothing that you can do at that point. Right. Like, no one, right. You can't just stop the concert and recone a speaker. Yeah, hang, on, yeah. hang on 45 minutes. Right. Like hey guys, there's, there's nothing. We're gonna there's nothing you can do. And I like I but I straight I felt so guilty. Like I sat in my car with my phone out, like uh, like the way like somebody who is like cheating on their spouse would try and come up with an excuse. <laughs> I kept like uh, typing things and like deleting it. Like no, it's, it's not, not you. It's Juan, me. You know, <laughs> you know what that's analogous to? It's if your friend has um, donut icing in their beard and you don't say anything. <laughs> you you had some donut icing in your beard earlier today. But I, yeah, you motherfuckers. <laughs> but it, I was some friends. It was so quick, and I was like, oh, like he's gonna. I don't know. I, I, I like, should have. Dude, I got I got. Donut splooge in my beard. Now, <laughs> to be fair, on the walk back, it was on the side of your face that was not facing towards me. Yeah. And then when I noticed it, you went to the bathroom, and it was right when Jesse walked into the hotel. Is that why you muttered, nice beard, my ass? <laughs> <laughs> hey, splooge beard, what? <laughs> hey, look at Shmegma beard over here. Hey, look at the squishy with a squirt over here. Uh, that said, <laughs> I mean... I, Flavor saver, man. I thought maybe you were just uh, hoping for a, a little bit of goodness a yeah, little bit later. you know. Dude, so um, I won't say who, uh, but a, a, about a week ago, I went to visit um, this place in, in Nashville, <laughs> and my friend uh, had food there, um, and I wanted to walk out. It, and it was just, it was a bummer, because it's like the the feedback would have would have not been great and i was like trying to figure out how to be productive about yeah. being honest just like you know it was everything from price to like flavor things where i'm like dude you're getting away with murder like i just spent x amount on this like it just bummed me out and it's like yeah. there's no easy way to like w with like food it's like difficult yeah. to be like awkward situations right yeah for sure for sure yeah so it's and there was other parts and i, I don't want to say too much because then I don't want to be passive aggressive about it all. Oh but yeah, like, absolutely. It, yeah. It's like I, I wrestle with that because I want to be productive about it. I want to be like, mm -hmm. "Hey, man, like, have you thought about this?" There's a line between, and it's it's a blurry line. There's a line between being helpful and um, giving unwanted criticism, and yeah. it, depending on the 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 party that you're delivering that information to, it 
can the line can be in a different place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I discovered a few days ago, I told a friend of ours that works at a restaurant that is like super hype in Minneapolis right now that I didn't have a good meal that when I went there a couple months ago and it, I, I felt like enough time had passed and he and I were in a casual environment drinking alcohol. And I was able to say to him like this, this main that I got was just like not good. And here yeah. are the reasons why. But when stuff like that happens, I wish, cause I prefer to be really transparent. I wish I could just tell people without them thinking I am put yeah. the streets to them because I'm yeah. never doing that. If I tell you like telling Marnie that that shrimp was mealy and I don't want to eat that food anymore. It's not her restaurant. She knows I'm only saying it because I'm being earnest. Like I, you know, I'm sorry. I just don't want to eat anything from this restaurant anymore. Yeah. I'm not saying like, I can't believe you. Right. But some yeah. people would take it that yep. way. It's tricky yep. to find that line. It's yeah. It's one of those things where I'm like, and it wasn't a donut restaurant, but it's like, you're charging this much for, for an eclair. You know, and it's like, but it's not even an eclair. Like, an eclair has this, this, and this, and you didn't have this, this, and this. And, like, I was honestly, like, very upset by it. Like, I was offended almost. I'm like, dude, like, what the fuck is, like, happening here? You know, I'm like, and and the thing is, like, they do food that I've had that's amazing. Where I'm like, why is it at this venue, it's fantastic. And this other one, I feel like you're missing the mark. But, like, he's also very sensitive (laughs) about criticism. That's really tough. Yeah, so it's like... I yes. guess I have to bite the bullet on this one. Yeah. And it's not you have because, to assess. Yeah. Like, how is this going to land? Because if it's going to, if it's going to hurt somebody, then it's, yep. there's no gain. There's, it's a zero gain at, at best. Well, I, and, I, and like the thing is, I feel like it's going to hurt him and it's not going to be productive, even yeah, though I'm trying tough. to be like, Hey man, like I'd rather you hear it from me than like some customer that's in from out of town. Cause Nashville, the great thing about Nashville is like you get so many tourists. So somebody's going to have this once mm-hmm. and never have it again. But like, it sucks if somebody like comes at you on social media and is yeah. like, I paid 50 bucks for this at clear. Fuck that. It wasn't even in a clear, you know, like, yeah. uh, so it's like, yeah, someone who could actually hurt the reputation. Of yeah. Business. And right. I, yeah. And I've been struggling where I'm like, I want to talk to him, but I also don't want to strain a friendship and knowing that they might be a little bit sensitive to it. It's tough, man. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Pick your battles and, I do like Charles, as you were referring to earlier, like, oh, actually both of you were talking about it, that like the quality of my friends has gotten better as I've gotten older. And I do like that. I think just about everybody in my circle of people that I would consider friends all take criticisms well, as long as you you frame it correctly. But it's tough when you see people that you're like, ah, I want to have this conversation with you, but you're not going to take it no matter what. Anything, anything negative is an insult and that can't be true. It just can't be true because yeah. none of us are A plus 100%. No. Like, we're all fallible, and that's we're the human. point. We're the, the most flawed thing in the, on, the, on the planet. <laughs> exactly. you know, like it's... Yeah, we're the number one invasive species. Correct. Try and take that title away from us, carp. I dare you. <laughs> Asian carp. <laughs> uh, uh, what's, what, yeah, is, uh... Thing we walked out of, did we... Or, yeah, so you walked out of, yeah, okay, yep. well, cheers. Yep. Fuck it. Fuck it, A. Boom. Drink some cheers, of this boys. delicious El Tesoro Extra Añejo. Extra Añejo. Are you guys going to leave this bottle for me, or do you guys take it back home with you? Well, it depends on if we finish it. Oh, he's trying to make us say on the air that he can keep it. <laughs> but yeah, 100%. I don't want to... That that fucker, it is a heavy... It is a girthy, heavy bottle. It is. And, I told uh, Quam earlier when I put it in my backpack, I said, I know this bottle weighs like seven pounds. How did it make my backpack 30 pounds heavier? It's, in, it's insane. <laughs> that by itself is just like, holy shit. All right, Jesse. What's a cooking or food preparation thing that everyone does wrong, but is somehow ubiquitous? Something everyone seems to fuck up, but it's like accepted. Mm. 
Fuck. And if you want to think you about think it for about a second, because yeah. I had to do the same thing, well, and then sleep. we started talking, yeah. and then I just went fucking running with like how mad some shit makes me. Do you just want me to yeah. do mine? Because I think maybe that- Well, no, I, I know what I want to okay, do. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. No, just to get his juices flowing yeah. while we talk. So but You can do it as well. Okay. You. Uh, all right, so my thing, yeah. I can't stand when you go into somebody's kitchen and they're making pasta, and they have like a fucking stock pot full of like nine liters of water and there's a single pinch of salt in it. And then they're going to use that pasta water as like a little thickener for their sauce. And you're like, you're just dumping hot water in there. Everything about it is wrong. And honestly, I would say like 90% of the people in my life cook pasta that way. Like it drives me absolutely crazy. Oh, and then they'll, they'll pour oil. Olive oil in there? Yeah. So all you're doing is making sure that your noodles are so slippery that no sauce will stick to them. Yeah. So good luck on that Looks sauce. Looks cool when you suck them, though, because they're like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you're, you know, your lips are all shiny, so you don't need that lip gloss. But you're, you're, you're literally counteracting. The minute you pour oil in that water, you're telling your sauce you don't give a fuck about it. And hopefully there's some <laughs> Sorry, crusty sauce. bread that I can at least kind of you know, soak yeah. up. And then if you're going to use that, uh, the pasta water as like a help to your sauce, you're just putting water in it. So you're watering it down. Again, I don't give a fuck about you, it sauce. Start you water. Like, what, that's, that's it. It just, yeah. it drives me so mad. And then on top of it, like, like of all the things that you're going to cook with, you're going to be stingy about the fucking salt in the pasta water. It yeah. drives me absolutely bonkers. Yeah. yeah, they're like, not too much. Yeah. Yeah, that fucking five pound box of Morton's costs like two bucks. Right, yeah. And you, can put, it, yeah. you can put three tablespoons. Yep. And as we water. talked about it, like the whole point is <laughs> you should have it like it should smell and taste like the fucking ocean. That's what your pasta yeah. water. Tears are ocean water. Yeah, tears are ocean water. That's what it should taste like. And then it should be cloudy. You should have all of that starch in there because the point of putting pasta water in the sauce is to thicken it. That's the whole point of it. See, I've never even done that. Like I, I, I make the sauce first and I get it nice and ready. And then it's like, all right, now it's pasta time. Sure. Like I never, I never once put pasta water in my sauce. Mm. Certain, yeah. Certain sauces call for it as like the final additive to um, also uh, part of it is a dilution of something that is otherwise quite thick, like a lot of cheese base. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's usually when I use it is if it's like a, a Parmesan based sauce, something that's, you know, in the, the, creamy cheesy realm it yeah, cacio um, e pepe you know, yeah cacio like, pepe is be like too see, bound that, that stuff that i love to eat but I won't, yeah. I won't make like um i'm i make a really good tomato sauce but like there's mm. there's stuff where i'm like unnecessary to do tomato sauce yeah. tomatoes have yeah. a lot of water correct yeah. So, yep. yeah but like cacio e pepe is uh something that my wife and i both absolutely adore oh, uh to that. the point where like i have frozen logs of cacio e pepe compound butter in Same. my freezer nice like so when it's time i literally take the butter log out and i just yeah. cheese grate it Frozen butter, just grating it right over the pasta. Hell but yeah, the yeah. because there's no moisture coming from that, that's that's what turns it into a sauce as opposed to just like buttered noodles. Is when you add a little bit of that pasta sauce or pasta water, then it sort of all it all mixes together and it forms this really beautiful buttery, velvety sauce. It's got to be starchy and it's got to be salty, right? But you need those water. two things, otherwise you're just pouring water in it, and that doesn't make anything taste better. Yeah, parm water. Hey, parm. you want some parm water nudes? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like parm water nudes, A, great band name. B, I would still eat it, but you could make it so much better. Hey, when you make a stock with parm rind yeah. for the first time, Let's you're like, go. where has this been all my life? Fuck it's it fucking is. brilliant. So yeah, that's 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 my thing. Yeah. It, it just it like to the point where I'll walk in 
something I've walked out of my friend's kitchen when I see that fucking shit going <laughs> on. Like you're literally boiling yeah. two gallons of water for one pound of pasta. Right. Why don't like, you just no. have the, the can't even to, be a, to pull a Gordon Ramsay and like just, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to grow up, man. You got to go in there and be like, you call this pasta, <laughs> yeah. you stupid idiot. <laughs> Stupid sandwich. What is idiot. it? Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> what are you? Kick everybody an out of the living sandwich. room. Idiot, that's what it is. An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich. <laughs> yeah, if the noodles are so far down the pot, you got to get a fucking brewer paddle. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Miss me with that shit. I can't reach. I burned my knuckles. I'll be right back. <laughs> what the fuck? You got an ore? What, uh, oh. Yeah, Charles, what's yours? Yeah, I'm. you can daily double me right now because I'm just going <laughs> to... It'll be quick, but um, when they... When they freeze, flash freeze peas, they have blanched those peas. So people put them in like a stew or a soup at the same stage that they're putting in like carrots, you know, like their mirepoix and like root vegetables, you know, there's uh, parsnips or turnips or what have you in the stew. And they put the peas in, bro, you're going to kill those fucking peas. They're going to turn brown. They're going to be mealy. They're going to taste like shit. Put them in at the end. They're blanched. Like they don't need that much cooking time. So that's one that bothers me. The other one, um, which should be obvious to everyone, but for some reason is not obvious to a lot of people is don't boil your fucking crab. It's already cooked. You're washing away all that delicious ocean flavor that is contained within that shell. All that stuff's in there. It's been that that shit got steamed on the boat. When you throw it in a pot of water, you're diluting away all of that delicious ocean flavor and you don't have to do it and don't tell me that you seasoned the water it's not putting anything With back in there yeah get the fuck right. out of here if you want to season something season the butter that you're about to dip that shit in that's the jam yeah. i don't care if you draw i don't care if you clarify your butter you can use fucking full fat butter it's not a big deal but i i mentioned this um to Quam. there's for cooking stuff my microwave i really only use to like melt butter again for instance and um, to cook crab, because what I do is cook, air quotes, I take uh, paper towels and I, I dampen them and I wrap each cluster of crab, put it in the microwave for just, um, depending on how cold they are or if they've been previously frozen, I'd prefer to let them thaw before I do this. Just 15 second intervals and the moisture from the paper towel, make sure that you're kind of maintaining all that moisture and keeping it sort of, you're sort of steaming it in the microwave and boom, away you go. You can use a steam basket if you're trying to impress a date or something, you know, feel welcome to do that, but do not dump them in a pot of water. It's just making it taste worse. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, okay, so maybe I've got a couple then. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I knew you'd have something good. One is like, like hot dogs, right? When people are like, they have to cook a hot dog. It's like, motherfucker, it's cooked yeah. already. Like, <laughs> you're, you're not getting, like, unless you're making your own hot dogs. Like, but no, it, it's cooked. It's not like it's sausage. Like, also, people can't tell the difference between, and, uh, you know, this is not an insult, but people can't tell the difference between a cooked sausage and an uncooked sausage. And sometimes, I mean, I have friends who ask me to identify, like, is this cooked or not? Because sometimes you get uh, sausages that have been smoked, right? Yeah. They're already cooked. So you're like, yeah. you don't have to put this on the grill for a fucking half hour. And then you get the sausage that you can tell has not been cooked. Yeah. Yes, you have to prep that. You need to either find a low heat zone or you got to boil it or, or somewhere in between. But yeah, yeah, so people people think that all, hot there's dogs. some people who think all hot dogs and sausages, wiener sausages are uncooked and that you mm -hmm. have to. It, dude, them. it drives me nuts. And I'm yeah, just like. That's a great one. Uh, but I, I want to mention that uh, a little bit of Minnesota came out in Charles when he said smoked. Oh yeah, smoked. Uh, and as a Chicagoan, right. I know what I, I know when my <laughs> Chicago comes out, but it's, it's cute here, and you guys, I'm like, ah, uh, uh -huh. I miss that because you know, like, 
there's a lot of Minnesota people in Chicago. So when I when I talk to my Midwest <laughs> yeah. people, I'm like, I know where you're from. Yeah, Wisconsin's like that dirty, like, ugh, you sound poor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I love I love when you're in Chicago and you oh, catch a, a sausage in the wild. Oh, Ooh. dude. Oh my god, sausage. sausage. When you get to hear sausage, sausage just coming out of somebody, you're like, yes, there it is. I love it. I mine's. I'm always like, yeah, I was with my ma, and people are like, my ma. I'm like, yeah, you know your mom. They're like, no, you said mom. Like, oh, ah. damn it, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, the hot dog thing, fucking, it drives me nuts. Where I'm like, dude, you just have to like reheat it. Like, I I do have a steam basket, and when I make hot dogs here at home, I always steam my hot dogs. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Okay, cool. I, I love. Yeah. yeah, it's weird that people don't do that at home. It's yeah. weird I don't do that, and I like you know I like old fashioned wieners, but it's weird I don't do that. I, I do hot dogs. Are, like, I, I'm with you. I just do them in yeah. the pan. You know, I just I just saute them, but that's great, that's, dude. It, and you don't need that much water. Like you just put a little bit of water. That seems sure. like, and the, so that that's also like a nostalgia thing. My mom, when we were kids, my mom, <laughs> I mean, got him. My mother, uh, when we were children, my mother, uh, <laughs> my mother um, she would steam the hot dogs, and you know, in that's, Chicago, and like we would get mm-hmm. um, when she would get the skin on hot dogs. My God, like that's. That's a dream to me. And, like, oh, you get yeah. that snap. So, uh, Restaurant Depot here in Nashville, they get Vienna, Vienna beef hot dogs, which is great. Uh, and I was wrestling with them to get these tortillas from Chicago that they, they sell in Chicago. The Restaurant Depot's in Chicago, but they can't get it here. And they're like, oh, they won't go further south uh, of, of Indianapolis. So, Toto mm-hmm. Nico, if you're listening to this, get your fucking tortillas Let's in Nashville. Get them us. Yeah. Uh, oh. Best tortillas... I feel best flour tortillas, and you know a lot. A big part of our business is breakfast burritos, and we use a more local tortilla, which is good. But a, a totonico is like next fucking level, next next level. It, it's like they're, they're, they just cook perfectly. But anyway, nice. um, I was begging these guys to try to get it. They couldn't do it, and I was like, "Well, can you at least get skin on Vienna beef hot dogs?" And the guys like. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> I was yeah. beating them up yeah. so much about these tortillas. Ooh, now they yeah. get them. So you can, came in the back door. You're like, yeah. give me, give me something right. else. Yeah. Hey. Something. yeah. You can't give me that. Give me this. Give me this. And the guy was you like, and now, no? yeah. <laughs> now him and I are buds. When I go in there, he's like, hey, buddy. And he's actually from Minnesota. Hell yeah. And he played softball and I played softball in Chicago. So, like, when I see him, he's, he's always gives me the, the thumbs up and the high. And, but yeah, man, like, skin on hot dogs, there's nothing like it. And then you, Hands down. Some people don't know the fucking difference. They look at it and they're like, oh, it's, it's oh, skinnier. It's like, really? why is it so expensive? I'm like, it's natural case. Yeah, baby. And they're just like, well, this is a natural case. I'm like, no. Get so out. that's another thing, too, where like people are like, oh, like this hot dog is natural. And it's like, no, the casing has a snap. Mm-hmm. Some people don't care. You got to have this. And I, I treat them as two separate food groups. Charles, uh, the the skinless ones, he just will not even deal with. Hey, I took a bite last night. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I hate every second of it. Look at you. I, I roll with uh there there you can still buy online. We have a, a meat manufacturer in Minnesota called Hormel. And when the Metrodome was a, a thing, as much of a travesty as the Metrodome was, they had a quarter pound skinless dog. It was called the Dome Dog. Yeah. And uh every few years when there's some big sporting event, I'll I'll get a couple packs. I'll order them online, get a couple packs, and we'll do it. And you you have to steam them. Yeah. They, there can't the be any boys. Yeah. What's that? The thick boys? Yeah, the real thick okay. boys. Yeah, so when we do, we hard do a lot of like, dog, uh, like, what's that? <laughs> hard to dome a dog that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we we do uh, glizzy pop ups, and people, <laughs> oh, yeah. people love them. Mm-hmm. And the Chicagoan in me just wants to do, you know, natural casing, 
poppy seed bun, but yeah. Nashville's just like, they're not I ready. don't get it. For so sure. um, I use the Vienna beef, the, the bigger beef boys. Yeah. And people go, they're like, oh, like this is, I'm getting my money's worth because they're not cheap. I'm not yeah. selling, my, my food's not cheap. I tell people, look, my food is not cheap, but it's fucking good. Right. I'm you not making excuses. I'm just telling you how it is. Like you don't, you could eat somebody else's food if you want, but this is what you're going to get when, when we cook. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and the buns that I'm using now are new England style split top. Ooh. Buns yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it just rests. Perfectly. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect for a hot dog. Yeah, Stop yeah. doing anything else. We like did, you've uh, had, you've had a lobster roll. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Just imagine instead of a lobster, you're putting the wiener in there. Wink. Years ago, um, oh. as Mambecue, we, uh, <laughs> Wiener goes in the bun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're the very sophomoric here on number one. I, I love it. I love it. We've grown up. No, we haven't. We apologize. Also, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> we're dudes. That's what dudes do. We're dumb dudes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish people would see my face because they're, they're probably like, this guy's an asshole. Yeah. He's got uh, a cookbook called Mambicue, and now he said that shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I had this lady once. Um, I'll tell her. Uh, making a long story longer. Um, this lady, after a barbecue competition that we entered um it was our first time doing this this competition and i like didn't know what to expect blah 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 this lady comes up to me she was on a team called inglorious basters and <laughs> That's love it. Yeah, i she, love that she came dude. up to me and she said what is yeah. so what is mambicue okay and i was like oh and i told her what it was and she goes so it sounds sexist i said well it's, it's actually not and i said i've you know we've actually raised a lot of money for um countless female empowering organizations and i'm like just just look up our stuff you know and you, you can't just assume because it's called mambicue that we're like these sexist assholes and like she was just very um confrontational and then she walked away i was like you know pissed off and my friend john goes man i'm, I'm surprised you didn't just like fucking like just crush her especially with that shirt she had on and I forgot what her name was. I say it was Mary, but she, she had turned around, and I was like, "Thanks, John. Mary, can I talk to you for a second? I said, "You know, you don't know jack shit about me, and you attacked me. Like you assumed all these things. I'm like, which are couldn't be further from the truth. I'm like, and you're wearing a fucking inglorious baser shirt with this iron eagle. I'm oh, like, shit. That's oh, fucking. Fall into she it. goes, uh, yeah. Well, this is it's a movie. I'm like, uh, I know it's a movie, but it's also genocide. Do you know yeah. what the Nazis did? I'm like, that's uh nazi visual like um iconography. like iconography I iconography yeah. and and you're bitching at me because of the word man in man yeah, and i just saw so i just like fucking almost made her cry and i was like you know that's when i knew like man like i can't do this man i can't yeah. like fight everybody that like doesn't get it like the yeah. name like was yeah really funny you may first. have named it something else yeah you named it now yeah and you had what happened say, like that it was it, it made sense for the time because I don't like when people say that. But like, I had a men's dining group called Lemi, the League of Extraordinary Men Eating Amazing Things. And the only reason it was a men's dining group is because there was a group of guys at the time who worked in the brewing industry. And it's unfortunate that at the time it was dominated by men. Yeah. But the employees uh, who were doing like sales and, and enterprise level at the time, everyone I knew that was working in the beer industry at this time, and this is like 12 years ago, were dudes. And we yeah. were like, we never dined together because we're all working late nights. Yep. How about we all dine together? And it just so happened that the members were dudes. And yeah. so we called it League of... Like, now I'm like, that sounds so regrettable. Because if I started a group like that today, there's no way I'd be... I, I would actually actively, just like we do in this podcast, I'd be like, we need to find people mm -hmm. of other genders to yeah. join this mm -hmm. 
this community because it's weird that it's just dudes. But at the time, it was just because it so happened it was dudes. That's, and like with with Mambicue, that's that's how it was, man. It was like mm. um, it started off. Um, my girlfriend at the time would get together with her friends um, the last Thursday of every month. It was like her friends were getting married, moving out to the burbs. My friends were getting married, moving out to the burbs, and I was like, I don't want to call something a guys' night, you know. Sure. Um, but it just so happened that I always had grills, and I'm like, why don't you guys come over? Let's let's meet up and like mm, grill. So yeah, like the very first yeah. mambecue was like on my rooftop in Chicago, and I remember my buddy called me and he was dating some. He was a marketing director for a radio station and always at the now he's had a, a wife and three kids, wonderful <laughs> wife. But like he was, you know, like we were all young and single dudes, right? It was a different time. Yeah, it was a different time, right? But he called and he's like, "Can I bring so and so over?" I'm like, "No, dude." It's it's only dudes. It's 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 a, it's a mambicue, and somebody yelled out mambicue. They heard me say it, and the name stuck. Mm-hmm. And if you look at pictures, mambicue meetings were like black, white, whatever. Man, it was like it was such a great uh, mixture of people from all walks of life. And like the thing that we had in common was we're all like fans of grilling and barbecue. Yeah, yeah. And but pe- that gets overlooked. People are like, oh, the name, and it's like, and again, we used to do a lot of we we were getting a lot of press. Um, locally and, and nationally. And for me, it was like, when you have that position, when you have this platform, if you don't use it for good, then like, why even have a platform? Yep. Mm-hmm. So we did, um, one of the first fundraisers we did was, there was a band that was supposed to play a show in Ohio, and they got into a really bad accident. And I was supposed to see the show. I was working for Walgreens Corporate, and they had me in Ohio. So I stayed that, that night, to instead of driving home to Chicago to, to see the band and they never showed. And I was like, ah, oh, screw that band. Like they canceled their show. And my friend was like, do you know what happened to them? I'm like, they canceled the show. They're like, no, they got in this like really bad accident. So I immediately was like, man, I wish I could help them. So I went into like, who do I know that might know them? Right. Turns out my friend who's a photographer knows like their manager. And I was like, I would like to do a fundraiser to help you guys out. And they reached out and they were like, uh, we know that you're from Manbecue. Half the band is female. I was like, that's cool. And they're like, and 75% of us are vegan. Do you still want to help us? And I'm like, yes. Yes. And, you know, like, it's stories like that that we never really, like, this is my first time telling it to, like, sure. an outlet, right? Mm. Um, but people don't know shit like that. And yeah. we, like, we raised money for, um, like, we did dinners for uh, battered women's shelters and stuff like that where, like, places where they don't even tell you where they are. Like, men are just not allowed there. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, cool. I'm making food. And I would volunteer my time and be like, here you go. People never knew that stuff. And they see the name and they're just like. Well, that's like, think of every band that has an embarrassing name. Like that's, that's, you, you just threw something out one time and then that just ended up being the thing. And it's not the ethos. It's not yeah. the, the meaning of it. It's not anything. It was literally like, that's just what took. And then we went with it, not thinking anybody else would ever fucking hear it. Oh yeah. Smashing like, pumpkins. Yeah, there you well, go. Imagine another band ISIS feels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great prog <laughs> rock like, band, but they're like, God damn it! We were Timing was off. Yeah, it's, you know, we're uh, Jesse. You and I are both uh, a marketing creative people. Like it just, it also just shows the importance of good branding. Yeah, that's a title. And like, let me, for instance, is a title where you have to explain the circumstances. You're like, you know, man versus food with Adam Richmond's called man versus food because he so happens to be a man yeah right like and again i think it's regrettable because if i did a dining group again i would be so much more inclusive like i'd go out of my way right. to have people of other genders involved and i wouldn't call it that anymore yeah, same because it was never about the fact that 
it was four dudes. It was because it just so happened to be. That was dudes. never yeah. the point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, cheers to uh, cheers, cheers to all human beings of all walks of life. Yeah. Enjoying delicious El Tesoro tequila. <laughs> I like that you were like, in a world. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. I think, is that me now? Four? Fuck if I know. All right. Um, so. Yeah, it's you. Jesse, is there, is there a random bit of advice or like life lesson that somebody tossed at you, maybe even offhanded, that somehow is like stuck around that you repeat in your head all yes. the time. Do you do you know what it, what Absolutely. it would be? Absolutely. Okay. Um, someone once told me that they were once told that life never throws anything at you that you can't handle. Sure. And um, that became this kind of mantra in my head, and I felt the the reason it resonated is I think I almost inadvertently always believe that. Didn't know that that I did, but sure. then like after I heard it, then it was like, oh shit, um, and yeah, man, like life is throwing a lot of curveballs at me, and and I, I think a lot of times, you know, being completely honest with myself is I've put myself in situations that um, maybe I didn't have to, right? Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, like I kind of you stay the course and you figure it out, you know, like life never throws anything at you that you can't handle. You know, and, and there was, there was a year, the COVID year, um, obviously everybody was, was pretty beat up by it. Yeah. You know, like, uh, my story is not any, un, not any more unique than anybody else's, sure, but sure. that year was, was especially bad. I, I started a really awesome job. It was like a dream job in the beer industry. Like they, the salary was more than I worked for a, a commercial brewery, uh, that was owned by a big ass conglomerate. And they didn't pay me. Um, this place gave me like forty thousand bucks more than that place, and they made you feel like they cared about you. So, like, I had this dream job. COVID took that away. Uh, the first week of my dream job, I took my dog to the vet. He had gotten diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, and come on! Yeah. So, like, all these things hit me, and then like a few weeks after that, I was on a motorcycle trip, and motorcycle riding was always my zen. Like that was my way to clear my my head you know like that was you know therapy is one thing but like motorcycle therapy is another thing totally. that's, that's all giving yourself important. time is always yeah. going to be a benefit regardless of what the what what the sort of the the way it it materializes yeah giving yourself time without anyone else talking to you is always going to be important and then, and just like the you know all the the different things that make motorcycle riding for me like a special thing and so like I saw a very terrible accident. Uh, it was not anybody that was in our group, but um, I saw a man lose his life, and it was in one of the most brutal ways. Damn. And then, like, a month after that, my best friend, like, uh, he was like a brother to me. Like, we were best friends who were eight, and, like, I spoke at his wake, um, and I said, Rick had best friends, and I had best friends, and it was okay because we were brothers. So, like... Yep you're allowed to have best friends, but he, um, had a heart attack. Um, it was an undiagnosed condition and yeah. he died. So like that year beat the absolute living shit out of me. And I've always been that guy that like when people go through shit, they come to me cause I, you know, I've, I've always believed like life will never throw anything at you that you can't handle. So I would always share that with people. And that year was like, 
man, it, it took everything I had to like believe that yeah. because like I felt like everything that life could throw at me, it was thrown at me and I was being tested. And that's how I got this. And I'm showing the guys a little splotch on my head where I have gray hair. Sure. Um, that was... That started that that summer. Legit, I just thought that was some sexy ass like Bonnie Raitt shit. I didn't I didn't realize you actually like Dude, that's a yeah. thing. People wow. think like uh, they, they people ask me like, oh, who, who did your highlight? I'm like, it's not a highlight. Like my, you know, it, it was trauma. That that's yeah. that's who my hairstylist is. <laughs> um, but that's how this started off as like a little dot on my head, and that will for always for, forever remind me of that fucking year that could have crippled me yeah yeah um and when i would talk to my therapist like even i could tell that she was kind of like not exasperated but like fuck man like you are just getting <laughs> she's looking at you like i got nothing right now yeah yeah and but i always told myself like my belief in myself has always been greater than uh i think most people's but i told myself like life will never throw anything at you that you can't handle yeah that's awesome and that's my mantra and like for, forever like shit happens man you yep. go through ups and downs and you know, right now launching my own company, um, it's it's tough. I gotta supplement that income because I get paid so much with my own company that I have to f- deliver flowers sometimes. Um, and, and I've never been this financially in the gutter, and it's scary. But I see the the gains that we're making with Secret Bodega, and fuck yeah. Um, I, I feel like every once in a while I meet someone that's like. Oh wait, I, I had your food and it's like shit, like we're getting out there. And today one of the deliveries I made, the gal goes, We're we're just chatting, I'm dropping off flowers. And she goes, You look familiar. I said, Oh, I, I do this food uh business. We're called the Secret Bodega. She goes, Oh my god, I follow you guys. You guys are doing a pop up with Pinky Ring Pizza. Yeah. Like next week. And I was like, What? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. fan fangirl like in the wild, like just like holy shit. And she's in this like multi million dollar home and I'm dropping off like a multi-hundred dollar flower arrangement she's like i love your food that's you know? awesome though so it's like it's like strides like that yeah. and like like seeing like when my friends come into town and like you go to this brewery and you happen to find my food like that makes me happy so like yeah, yeah i may be worried about paying uh bills but like i also know that like i'm working towards something that someday that won't be a problem because like we were talking about this last night you're yep. investing in yourself yeah like some people invest in the stock market or 401k or in another person's business but podcast you're <laughs> you're yeah you're you're sinking yourself so that you can rise higher than you've yep. ever risen before yeah you're like planting a seed yeah and that's nothing to be like uh i mean of course it's something to be worried about because you're gambling but the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward, right? Yeah. And like, yeah, I love everything you're doing right now, and you're working towards something really spectacular. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah I, I've I've been very fortunate to have a partner like Audrey because she carries so much too. Like, so it's not just me. Like, yeah. she has a full time job, so like this is my full time job, but she also carries so much too. And like, um, I couldn't be doing this without her. Like, honestly, like I've. Yeah. Uh, I've always had the utmost belief in myself. Um, and I tried like with, with Mambicue, like I tried running that as a business and I, I wasn't ready and I, and I was doing it solo. Um, I had other guys that helped me run the organization, but as a business, it's very different. And now I couldn't do secret bodega without Audrey. Yeah. Like, it's just that simple. I'm like, you know, we, we both do so much heavy lifting and like we both complement each other very well. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. 
Cool, cool. Um, I love it. Charles, what about you? Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, we had a, a next an elderly couple next to our neighbors, uh, and they were our surrogate grandparents. Um, Grandpa Raj and you've Grandpa talked Gladys. about yeah. Grandpa Raj. So Roger Peterson played um, pro football and semi-pro basketball, and when he'd hear me out in the driveway bouncing the ball away and shooting jumpers, he'd come out and shoot some hoops with me. And he's a little advanced at age, and I was a child, and I remember um, him identifying in me that I would get frustrated if the if shots weren't going down, and. He taught me a lesson that it may be lost on increasingly more people as time goes along, but he essentially said to me that uh, you can be naturally inclined to something, but you're never going to be good unless you um, utilize repetition. So the, the lesson of repetition, repetition, repetition. Like even if you can do something well, you're going to be so much better at that thing if you do the hard work and yeah. put in your reps. And that's what led to me when I was a kid shooting hundreds of jumpers in my driveway every day. Like I would shoot hundreds of jumpers from every position, peripheral on the baseline, free throws, three pointers. Um, and that was just like the first of all the things that I've come to love both personally and professionally. And the understanding that you might know how to do this thing, but it's not muscle memory yet. And you have to keep doing it over and over so that you can reach your maximum potential. Even if you're like fully inclined to a particular act, your actual efficiency and capability perhaps at most could be like 65, maybe 70%. But when you do that act over and over and over and over, uh, you're going to learn to be more efficient, better use of your time. And you're going to do that thing better. You know, in the case of like food, for instance, if you, you know, I think it's partly where, uh, you, you know, the the phrase of uh, you got to crack a couple eggs, right? You want to make an omelet, you got to crack a couple eggs. Yeah. I think that's in some ways literal because I taught myself how to do every type of egg cookery by getting a fucking big stack of eggs when they were on sale from a grocery store when I was living on my own in my late teens. I just got like a hundred eggs and I was yeah. like, let's fucking crack eggs. And if they're no good, my roommates will eat them or the cattle eat them or what have you. Or we might have to throw some away if they're shelling them, whatever. But like, let's figure it out. How do you make an omelet? How do you make sunny side up? How do you do easy over? How do you, cause you don't know. Like when you're like, ah, I'm not comfortable cooking a yolky egg because I think when I flip it, it's going to pop. Yeah, it probably will until you like learn the the English of it and how to how to get the exact like curvature of the pan. Yeah. But once you get it and you repeat and repeat and repeat, then you understand it. And, you know, I can always be thankful. It, he, he probably, someone else probably would have taught me that lesson later in life. But him basically like getting down on one knee and looking me in the eyes and saying like, just because you're pretty good at something doesn't mean it's the best you're ever going to be at it. And you'll only ever be as good at it as you can be if you practice, 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 repetition, repetition, yeah. repetition. And I've taken that lesson and, and applied it to my entire life to this point. What's the, the Malcolm Gladwell thing? Uh, if you do something 10,000 10, hours, 10, hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that's I like that. It's amazing. Uh, all right. So I'm going to sort of daily double because I just want to interject a little bit of humor. The reason I thought of this question was because of the be grateful for your stream comment from the <laughs> yeah. guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a, a, it's a thing that just pops up into my brain all the time. It's not necessarily a piece of advice, but it's something that a, a, a woman told me. We were in high school, a friend of mine, she was the first person who was like openly sexual in our group. 
Like she talked about blowjobs and she talked about having sex. Mm -hmm. And even though most of us had done those things, uh, nobody talked about it. Like everybody was really, she yeah. was just like, I don't give a fuck. Particularly and, at that time. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, no one told those things to one another, yeah. including like close friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're 15, 16, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. And we were at a house party. You guys had had sex at 15 or 16? I lost my virginity at 14. <sighs> Lucky. I don't know if I'd say that. Like I'm, I'm very, very <laughs> happy. The, the, I, I lucked out that my first love was my, the person I lost my virginity to and, and all that. We, looking at what 14 year olds are now, I'm like, Oh my God, what were we doing? Yeah. Like the fact, like the percentage that we, like uh, that I got out of that without a child or something like that in, in high school is shocking. But we were at a, we were at a house party and she was like hanging out by the bathroom door. And I asked like, are you in line? And she goes, no, I'm just listening. And I go, what? And she goes, dudes with big dicks. always have thunderous peas. <laughs> oh my God. And for years I would like push hard when I paid just so that somebody, some girl might think that I have like a, a huge hog. And that was oh I, it, God. when that dude said, be grateful for your stream after he did his hair and walked out, I could literally still hear her voice oh and I could God. see her little fucking top ponytail with her little lavender scrunchie. I, I remembered being there That's hilarious. Oh, that's so and I thought it was so funny. Like I guarantee you she like, we're still friends to this day. There's no way she fucking remembers saying that. And there's also no way that's actually true. Yeah. I think she was just trying to be funny, but at the time I didn't know that. And I literally like, I remember being in college and just be like, <gasps> like really yeah. pushing a pee out just so <laughs> in case somebody could hear. You walk out, you're like Thor's hammer. Yeah, exactly. Like wink. Just splattering it. Uh, but, but I, my advice is also similar to what, what you guys had. Um, about 15 years ago, 14 years ago, I went through a divorce and uh, we not only like, not only did everybody know, my ex-wife, but we also worked together. So it was like uh, everything yeah. in my world just kind of came crashing down. And I took a job, uh, in Wisconsin, opening a bar, uh, with my former roommate. And, uh, I met this incredible woman named Sam Noel, who is still a very good friend of mine. And she was just this really great human being. Her husband, Chris is rad. I got to DJ their wedding, but she was one of those people that was like, even though she was younger than me, she was like, Hey, I'm just going to kind of like, remind you that life is good and you know, you should have faith in things. And we were at this, uh, this bar and the bartender was sort of like, like an acquaintance. And so, uh, it was shift change. We were there at happy hour and she's just counting her drawer down. And Sam was like, I'm going to run to the bathroom. And we were having this discussion about how I was trying to figure out, like, eventually I have to move back to Minneapolis. Like I'm going to go home again, but like, I don't know how to like, prove my own worth because I had tied so much of my self identity into this relationship. Sure, right. Yeah. Sure. And somehow I thought that like by getting divorced and this is some, you know, some family shit that I have to unpack for with divorced parents and all that. But, um, I was just saying like, I'm having trouble trying to figure out how to be me again yeah. and like, you know, whatever. And literally like, I remember the sound of her like clicking down the, the, tension arms that hold the ones and fives and tens, like click, 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 like a, like the, the old game, guess who? She flipped him down and she looks up at me and goes, it only takes a little bit of a rain or it only takes a little bit of rain for a beautiful flower to grow. And she just grabbed her shit, walked out, yeah. like went into the office, didn't come back. And Sam comes out of the bathroom and sits down next to me. And I was like, like 
that shit just fucking punched my soul yeah. in the back of the head. And it was like, hey, dummy, that, that's it. And I think about it all the time. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't even remember that bartender's name anymore. She was very nice. And I saw her a couple times. I bought her a drink. But like, here we are 14 years later. I, I, I say it to myself all the time. Yeah. I think about it. And it's true. Like the most beautiful thing on earth just needs a little bit of random drops of water. And it'll do its own thing. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. It doesn't take a Herculean effort to have a single rose bloom. It just tastes a little bit of random moisture. I, you know, it, it the the timing for for timing is always everything, right? Obviously, like cliche as it is, but you know, when when you hear these things, like when I was told that life never throws anything at you that you can't handle, like it was when I was super young and I was in this relationship that with someone that I didn't want to be with really like she was just a very negative person and it was like how do you how do you end this kind of thing and like I didn't know what I wanted to do with life like I didn't know yeah I didn't know what I wanted to do with life until like a couple of years ago to be honest like there's I, I went through the motions like I worked in marketing and um you know beer was great what I did know is like I always wanted to run my own thing but I was I didn't know what it was what it was going to be but um you know like at the time when I heard that, it was like, man, I, I didn't know what, I didn't, I didn't know jack shit. I had no fucking direction. And yeah. I was just like, but that hit me. And it was like, you know what? Yeah. No matter how many kicks the ribs are going to get, like, you can handle it. You'll be fine. You're right. For yeah. Sure. So like, it, that's why we remember these. Yeah, things. that's yeah. it. Because they're and, sent yeah. to us at a time when it's most meaningful. And I hope somebody right. out there, like, I, I hope you hear one of these three answers and, and, and maybe that helps you and feel free. Also, if, if anybody else out there listening wants to, share some shit that they've learned, yeah. like throw it up on a, a social media comment. Like let's, let's keep sharing our knowledge because all of those things, like everybody gets their ass kicked and everybody has to learn stuff. And I'd love to believe that we can all come up with it on our own, but God, it's a whole lot nice, yeah. nicer when somebody else just kind of throws it to you. I, you know, one more tidbit about that. A couple of days ago on, on Facebook, a, a friend of mine that I knew in high school, she posted something. Um, my friend Kim, she's like, what are, uh, what's the best, advice you can give someone only using four words and i was like pooping in the morning and i was like oh and i responded and it now i'm like it's it hasn't left my brain since mm -hmm. i put it out there and so the four words that i said were um don't panic period trust yourself yeah period yes and i'm like yes, shit like yes, and that was yes. just like it was uh, the parameters were the four words mm -hmm. and yeah. so like it That's made me like full exercise yeah it helps you to like really distill what so, like something meaningful, like a lesson yeah. like that. And it, you know, you never think in those terms until someone tells you to frame it that way. Yeah. But like, yeah, just take all of the, like all of what we're doing now with mm -hmm. these thousands of words and distill it to something that is. So this beautiful concept. Really concise. Yeah. You know, like let's yeah. do it down. And then, like, so like now like that, I'm like, I gave that advice and I really was just giving it to myself. I, like, of course. That, that post was like a mirror. I was like, what do I need right now? And I needed to tell myself to not panic and to trust myself. Yeah. Uh, Once again, if you believe a life lesson enough to recount it on a program like this, it's probably because it's so useful that you could, you could do with hearing it more frequently. Yeah. yeah. Like even like the repetition that I said, that thing, I'm like, yeah. Like there are things we're learning even via the podcast. We're a hundred episodes in, but there are things with like audio production that we're doing. I was just today thinking about 
using Adobe Audition and, and all the tools that are contained within it and not feeling super comfortable with it. But every time I use it, I feel more comfortable because yeah. I'm not an audio engineer, but learning those tools and repetition, repetition, yeah. repetition. Mm-hmm. It's, 10,000 it's hours. There. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fucking cheers to that. So how many cheers. fucking hours we've had this podcast. It feels Woo! like, Hey, all right. Quam, it's you again, baby. All right. We're at the, the, the cookbook, right? So, um, you're, Cookbook God. We've already talked about the two that you've written and the possibility of a third. There is no God. Uh, I agree. Uh, <laughs> proud atheist. But I do want to know, is there a cookbook that you turn to or that has really influenced how you make things? And can we give it some props? Oh, man. Uh, um, and if you want to think about it, too, like, I, again. Yeah. So, okay. I have a, a ton of cookbooks. There's some, just some of them behind me. But... um. There's, there's not like one book that I feel that has everything right. So like, of course, uh, if you were to go to my closet upstairs, I have literally boxes and boxes of cookbooks. Yeah. Um, and, and this sounds super arrogant, and I don't mean it in that way at all. But like, uh, the, the our first book, Mambicu, that John and I, John Carlos and I wrote, um, is my go-to. Nice. Because the recipes in that book were inspired and pulled by from so many other um, inspirations for us. Like, so, mm. you know, like, so I you, mean, yeah, you come from a unique perspective because it's almost like you made notes for the world, but they're also for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. That you like, that's the way you like to make food. Yeah. So, so Jacob gives me a hard time. He goes, yeah. man, he's like, you're such a recipe reader. He goes, you got a jazz cook. Jacob's just like a natural, like naturally like great cook. Like he's got very good instincts in the kitchen. And I finally, one day I was like, yeah, I fucking read recipes because I write them too, you know, like, and I was, it was almost like me defending myself, but like, Mm -hmm. that's really how my brain works. Where it's like, if I don't read a recipe, then it's like, how do I repeat this recipe again? And it's through writing a recipe. Like, you know, uh, you look at me and you say, oh, you do a pinch of this. Well, look at your hand, look at his hand, look at my hand. Okay. Now look at like. Your wife's hand. Yep. Your wife's hand. Audrey's hand. Like yep. different sizes, man. Yeah. So like for me, it was like, all right, you have to get it down to like a certain point where it's like this has to be uh, replicated. And if you're just kind of jazz cooking and you make an amazing meal, like enjoy this moment because it was fucking awesome. That's it. happening again. Yep. And for me, like it's almost like a like a Peter Pan syndrome. Like I want this food to be good always. And I want to have good food all the time. So you write a recipe. That's what, that's what you do. Yeah. And our book, like I've had people, you always have haters, right? Like I, I had people that love it. And then you meet people that are like, I can make better like ribs than you. I'm like, cool, man. Sure. So when I, I met this guy, I'll tell a quick story. This guy at an, an event of mine, it was when I was working at goose Island. Uh, and I did a dinner called author brewer chef. So like we got together and, did a meal and this guy came out and we were in Washington dude comes out and he comes up to me. He's like, Hey, I want to introduce myself. Like I've got your book. I was like, cool. Thanks man. I appreciate that. And then when we had a break, he came up to me. He's like, uh, I think my, my rib breast. No, he didn't say anything. He goes, my rib recipe is way better than yours. I'm like, cool, man. I'm like, I actually like don't like ribs. So good on you, you know? And like, yeah. but he was very much like, like you wrote a book, blah, blah. And then he just kind of kept at it. And I'm not a confrontational person at all. And, and I finally was like, hey, man, I appreciate you buying my book and coming out to my event. 
I know tickets weren't cheap. Uh, when your book comes out and you have your event, I will gladly come support you. Fuck yeah. And I love that. Oh, so that's I, great. I stepped away, and this guy that was sitting next to him was like, he worked at the wholesaler, the beer wholesaler, and he's like, holy shit, man. That was the coolest mic drop ever. He's like, that guy was just talking shit the whole time. When the brewer went up there, the guy was like, my home brew's better than that. Of course it is. And then when the chef came up there, he's like, I would have done this. And the guy was just like, dude, why did you spend 100 something dollars yep. for this fucking dinner? Like, why? You know? Yeah. But, and what, what I would tell people is like, normally, if it wasn't a dick like that, I'd be like, yeah, dude, like, our recipes were meant as like a baseline. We're like, hey, like, this is really good, but if you want to add more Worcestershire to this or more salt to that, like, do it. Like, Everything could be, I wouldn't say proved upon, but everything could be altered to the way you want it. Right. Your palate's different than his, and mine's different than his. You know, it's yep. like, so if I had one book, I really like our book because, like, we pulled from so many different places. We were inspired by so many different things, and I think we got it to a really good I level. I love that. You know, where, like, the food is great. The yep. food and the recipes in that book are fucking solid. But if you were like, hey, man, I would use more molasses in this sauce. Go ahead. You know, Go it's for like it. awesome. And That's like, the point. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I'm always like, dude, do it and tell me how it is. Like, mm -hmm. I would love, like, that sounds great. And like. That's what a good cookbook, a good cookbook isn't like the be all end all. Right. When people are like, sure. this is the one book. You can play with it. Yeah. Actually, it's, it, yeah, unless it's something where you fundamentally change a dish and then there's a there's a Reddit I follow now about people who uh, take recipes and like completely modify them so they're unusable. Which and now I've gotten obsessed with too. <laughs> it's the funniest <laughs> fucking shit. I highly recommend that you look it up. It's great. Also, I want to point something out. We don't have a, like an immense runtime because we are actually leaving town after this recording. But I want to point out because uh, it hasn't been mentioned. Uh, Jesse's cooked at the Beard House. No big deal. Yep. <laughs> so Jesse's cooked at the James Beard House. No big deal. That's whatever. But, if, um, if you're into that whole thing, <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever. No big deal. But uh, so I'll I'll go on with yeah, mine. Yeah. Uh, I. Do you like to read recipes and draw things from them? I'm more like Jacob, but I actually feel like a once lager drinker, once again lager drinker, which is every fucking beer drinker on planet Earth. Eventually, it's the the, the evolutionary standard of, of the beer drinker. But I feel like there's a huge period of my life where I was like, I know flavor. I can do whatever I want. And I'm at the point now where I actually want to explore. I want to, I want to open those books more. Yeah. I want to see what, exactly what they did and understand it. Even if I don't do the same things that they did. Cause I had a huge chunk of my life where I said, why well, I, I know now, so I don't need recipes. And I feel like now I want to understand exactly what people are doing and why more. But what I'll answer, because it's true to who I've been till now, is uh, Malman on Fire. I've frequently mm, stated yeah. that Francis Malman is like, that's my guy when it comes to food. And it's because at our basis instinct, cooking with fire and cooking anywhere you are uh, appeals to me at like a central molecular level. And that's exactly what he does. Yeah. And when you look at his Instagram yeah. or any social media, I don't know if he's on anything else, and you see him in the middle of the fucking woods cooking with like a bunch of people and making this like bounty of food uh, where you're like, who's eating, who's eating that? Cause I want to be there. <laughs> and I have some, yeah, I want Can to I go to there. That's like how I, I just feel like cooking doesn't have a room. It's like some people say that like, uh, I don't even know the saying cause I'm not religious, but like churches wherever you go or whatever, or like that thing, I feel that way about, 
food sure. that could, wherever that. you the kitchen is wherever you are. Yeah. And philosophically, that book, um, it was his second book, and all his books have so far been about that, that like the adventure of the human soul and that preparing food in the wild is like such an integral thing to like being an animal. We're animals, right? And I adore those principles. And that's a book where even just kind of looking at like what he did anecdotally, burying fish in clay like he did on uh, chef's table yeah, and baking like this giant fish, that type of thing, like the animalistic nature of that uh, feels like as close as we can be to our planet um, as the dumb apes that we are, that it like really appeals to me centrally. And I, I absolutely love that about him and it makes me inspired. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, um, I, I have a, a sort of a daily double in that. Um, also, I want to say the, the jazz cooking and the recipe thing. I think that, that both are, are, are valid. Yeah. Because like totally. like as Absolutely. a as a giant music yeah. fan, right? I've seen Maceo Parker and I've seen Sonny Rollins. I've seen incredible jazz, but I've also seen fucking uh, Danny Carey play drums, and I've oh. seen Prince. Like those are people who are, are complete opposite ends. Where one is like practice, practice, practice until you're in the millions of hours yeah. to right. replicate this perfectly. It can be more than one thing. Yeah, it can be both. Yeah. So like the. The active cooking part of me, my answer is the flavor Bible, uh, oh, recommended to me from a uh, former guest and, yeah. and good friend Fantastic. Eric Eastman. He's a couple miles away right now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because John celebrating episode 100. Because that's that's, that's right down the middle. That's music theory. If you if you want to stick with my jazz versus practiced, that is music theory. That teaches all of the elements of music, and it's up to you. If you want to go jazz with it, you can go jazz with it. If you want to learn how to make perfect finite adjustments you can also do it that yeah. way it gives you every instrument and then teaches how to work them together i think that's incredible but when you were talking about malman it also reminded me of um, michael twitty's book the cooking gene mm. where he traced his past his ancestral past oh. through american slavery and wow. at the end of each chapter he brings up recipes that would have been what those people would have cooked. Yeah. So he works backwards from him right now in the U S and a lot of it is from uh, like the, the gulla cooking in the lowland islands off of the coast of like South Carolina um, stuff that I wasn't very familiar with, but then also then trails all the way through the South working backwards through time. Yeah. And it, it inspires me in a way where a looking at the amount of pain and sadness that millions of humans had to deal with still found ways to find joy. Yeah. And a lot of that joy was through cooking and looking at what at the time was scraps that they would kick over are now things that people revere. Right. And watching him be able to trace that directly through his lineage, I thought was really, really beautiful. And again, it reminds me, about how the at the end of the day, if I had to pick one sentence for life, it's build longer tables and, and less walls. You know, like the more that we can sit down and share a meal together, it's so much more than just the food that's on the plate. It's, the, it's sharing ideas. It's sharing time. Yeah. It's sharing each other. Like that's, that's the, the whole point of all the things that I cook is, be, is to sit down at a table with you yeah. and, and, and share this little, this, this piece of me. 
and say, Hey, let's, let's find some common ground. And I think that's so important. And I think that that's also like the recipes are incredible, but that's, it's, it hasn't changed the, the way that I cook, but it's reminded me why yeah. I cook. And I think that's almost just as important, if not more important. The, the why is th- that's, that's the thing. Another Malcolm Gladwell. Um, no, that was Malcolm Gladwell. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, there was one of the episodes you guys did and you talked about how you cooked a pig on your rotisserie. Yeah. Yes. And you know, and I was telling you guys when I listen to your when you when I listen to this, I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to you guys. You know? <laughs> but with that, I was like, fuck yeah, man! Like, and to me, it was like we cook to bring people together. Right? Like, yep. you're not gonna eat that whole pig by yourself, and like you right. know that going into it, you're not like I'm gonna cook this pig and I'm gonna eat it all, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna yeah. tell you about it. It's like for me when when now you know, like I think Audrey and I have to take a, a break sometimes to like cook for the fun of it when we do our pop ups. That's fun because we're creating new stuff. We're doing a, a collab with Pinky Ring, and it was like cool to oh. come up with ideas with those guys. Because normally, like a food business is like a business. Like you have to, you know. And, and I, I learned this in the beer industry. Like you have your core beers; those are year round that are going to sell. Then you do your seasonals that are like, and that's how food is. Like we have to have our menu of food that you will find at places, and then we'll do like something fun that's seasonal, and then like you have to have an R and D arm, right? So like when breweries do a collab, it's like, this is a limited amount of time and like limited quantities, blah, blah. So when we do collabs and pop-ups with people, like that's what it is. It's like very limited. Like you get it yeah. now yeah. and then once this is gone, it's gone. It's fleeting. Yeah. It's very fleeting. But like, that's, that's when we get to cook for people. And then like those pop-ups are like a window into our minds. And yeah. like, you know what, before we started, um, before we started Sigur Bodega, we called ourselves homesick together because we were making food that we were homesick for. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, uh, but my marketing brain was like, people hear homesick together, they're not going to know what the fuck it is. Like, it sounds like a romance novel. Uh, right. <laughs> also, it's, it's like, man, because you take some explaining. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We're like, Sigur Bodega, you say, and people are like, I'm in. I, I don't even know it. what yeah, we're doing. Like, yeah, I don't like, know what it is, yeah. but I want to find I, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, I love that. Food, um, if you're not doing it for other people, then why are you doing it? Yeah, man. Dude, I'll cheers to that shit. All right, Charles, you want to bring her into the the home station here? Why don't we? The last question of episode 100. Can you guys uh, cancel your flight? Yeah, dude, I'm I'm ready to. I told, okay, like, I want to continue tipping the cap to this city and and what a great time we've had here. Because I told Quam yesterday, you know, standing in the hotel room, I said, Man, I, I have got a mind to fly home on Sunday instead because as we're recording here, it's Saturday and we've been here for a few days, but we're, we are departing this evening. But I was like, man, I got half a mind to move my flight. And, and I thought better of it just because, you know, wheels are in motion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like we've had that good of a time here. So if you're listening and you're from uh, the greater Tennessee area or you're from Nashville, yeah, we've, we, we're thankful for the hospitality. Y'all did it right, man. The, the red carpet was rolled out, and I, I, love, this, I love this city. I, I, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I was here, and I was all music, and it was great. But I've really kind of fallen in love yeah. with with the vibe of this place. And I'll say we encountered a lot of like kind, friendly, vocal people, which is important to us because we're we try to be kind, friendly, and vocal ourselves. Uh, it is, it's really funny. I'm just going to really quickly state this. Yesterday we were walking after eating some or picking up an order of Hattie B's chicken, or we were on our way, what have you. 
And uh, I told Quam how, because we were talking about our favorite cities, and I told him how much I love uh, Portland, Oregon, because people there are so friendly, they could lead you down an alley and stab you, and you'd be like, oh no, I thought we were friends. And you literally are. seconds later, <laughs> literally seconds, like four <laughs> seconds later, a guy in a fucking baby blue tracksuit and his buddy <laughs> popped out onto the sidewalk right next to us and points up at a building, and he says, have you guys been to the bar up there? There's a bar up there and it's fucking great. <laughs> and I, we were like, no, what is, what's the bar called? And he was like, God, I don't know the name, but it's fucking sick. We're going there right now. Come you, with come us. Come on with. Like, come you, with us. like we were on our that. way to get food and he was like I straight up negotiating finished, with us. I just finished my sentence and yeah. he was like, come with us. We're going, we're going to the bar. Come on up. And then they went and they cut down the sidewalk and we were walking straight and he's like, you guys aren't coming. And I was like, we got some, uh, we got some hot chicken in our some, future. Some chimkins is coming, but and God. he was like, all right, have a good day. But that's funny that like seconds after yep. I said that. This place is awesome. Okay. Dude, it, it took me a, a year to like really like feel like this was my home. And like, okay. I, and like I told you guys. That it was this back and forth because everything to me was always, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, in Chicago, this in Chicago, and I had to really mm. be honest with myself and be like, if you miss Chicago and this is not Chicago, then this is not Chicago. You know, it's not Chicago, so yes. you can go back to Chicago. As the great, yeah, as the great M. Dowdy once said, "Is Chicago is not Chicago." That's the only question you have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nashville's got the softness, and I in. This pace. I get it, man. I love it. I love it. Like, dude, like my family that's come to visit me, well, all my family that's come to visit me, like they go back and they all talk to my mom and they're just like, man, like Jesse's just like, it's a different pace. Like I, Chicago gives sure. this hard edge, man. And, and like I was telling you guys, we Chicagoans are very proud of how much this and that we can take. And I'm like, that's abuse. Yeah. And, and if you're all for that, that's Stockholm syndrome. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want to be that. So like I, I left Chicago because I'm like, I don't want to be like, yeah, man, I can deal with negative 20 degree weather. Like I could, but I don't want to do it anymore. Like I'm, I choose not to. Yeah. I choose not to. Sure. Yep. Understandable. Uh, let's, yeah, let's roll into this final topic. Get it. So everyone finds pants shitting and puking hilarious. (laughs) That's a fact of life. Literally 100% of people find that hilarious. And everyone has at least a few stories about something gross. Tell us a kind of gross story. Oh man. God, there's so many. Uh, I have there's so many so fucking. Many. There's so many fucking <laughs> there's gross so stories. Many. Um, I will tell my first shitting my pants story. Yes, yes. Uh, I love that it's. I read that children's book. I love that it starts with my first <laughs> fucking soft, sophomore question. You get a sophomore answer. Um, <laughs> we were in in Canada. Uh, what, what's that? What's that part of Canada uh, across the river from Detroit? Oh, like Windsor, Windsor, yeah, Windsor, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we went to. It, it was a. This is how long ago it was? The Silverdome, the, yeah. uh, the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah, okay. went to a Bears, um, Lions, Bears Lions game, and that tequila is starting to say hi to me. Hello, uh, we hi or hola. Um, <laughs> the H is silent. I like how you said it like that. Hola, hola. <laughs> I'm Mexican. That's people. the I, Chicago. I could, I can say that the way I want it because I'm Mexican. I'm from Chicago. Um, so we're in Windsor and we're at this nightclub, but it was like a pizza place nightclub. So they had this seating upstairs, and I was single at the time. And when you're like in your early twenties, you're like, dude, who doesn't want this? You know. So I had bought these. This will tell you how long ago it was. Boxers, but there were these like a. Uh, cheetah print boxers and i was like man 
some fucking girl from Windsor or Detroit's going to get to see these tonight. It didn't happen. But in your head, you're like so <laughs> confident. Like, it's happening. I'm getting these because like when those lights turn on, she's going to be like, oh, my God, laugh a little bit and be like, you're so confident and funny. He probably has a thunderous pee. <laughs> <laughs> Thor's hammer, baby. Oh, God. Then it, anybody would have been like, oh, God. That guy's making a mess. I can't wait to see what he looks like. <laughs> then they go, that's so average. I'm like, God damn it, it's cold outside. Uh, anyway, so here we are at this pizza Pizza pub nightclub place. Pizza pub nightclub. And we're, we're upstairs, and I was like, this was the night. like It, it was the Saturday night before the football game, and I'm like, this is it, man. I'm going to find me like a good Canadian hot chick, and she's going to see the cheetah print boxers. Yeah. So oh, we're, yeah. we're upstairs, and uh, we were <laughs> sipping on some Polish moonshine before we went to this pizza club. Yeah, bud. Pizza nightclub. And uh, somebody said something. Pizza very, Pub Nightclub. Pizza Pub Nightclub is pizza also pub the nightclub. only nightclub that you nightclub. could get me to go to at this point in my life. <laughs> a Canadian Pizza Pub Canadian nightclub. Canadian Pizza Pub Nightclub. Um, so there I was. Gracias. Somebody said something really funny. And oh. I've always had, I've always been <laughs> blessed with really funny friends. And somebody made a stupid joke. I'd like to meet some sometime. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this guy, the daddiest of all jokes. <laughs> But so somebody made some some joke that was funny enough for me to kind of like giggle, but giggle hard. Yeah, and I laughed. <laughs> it was a shiggle. It was a shiggle. You shiggled. I shiggled. <laughs> and I shiggled, and it was my first shiggle ever. Like, I was like in my my brain, I'm like, I shit my pants. Yeah. And I was like, man, last time I shit my pants, and the only time before that I shit my pants, honestly, so this was the second time, was when I was, like, really sick. And I remember we lived on the south side of Chicago, so I must have been, like, either five or six years old. Yeah. And I remember wearing sweatpants, and I used to call them sick pants because I was like, the, you only wear sweatpants when, when you're, you're sick. sick. Yeah. I remember one time I was like, I stayed home, and I shit myself, and I was like, oh, my sick pants. So <laughs> fast forward, like, almost 20 years from that, I'm in fucking Canada, and I just shiggled. So I coined, coined, that's it. Trademark. We're, we're sitting there and I'm like, I got to go piss. And I go to the bathroom and I'm like, fuck, I I go in the stall and they're like, this fucking pizza pub nightclub has one fucking stall. Of Of course. Of course. And I'm in there and I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, fuck it. And I just took my pants off, took off this fucking shitty shiggled, literally cheetah box, these Cheetah boxers and threw them in the corner. <laughs> and, like when when Commando go back upstairs, the night's continuing. And uh, a really great friend of mine, oh my my, my big white brother Shannon Wagner, he's actually from Minnesota. Uh, the dude is like a Viking, looks like a fucking Viking. Massive, I recognize you, Shannon. I love man. you. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes upstairs and he goes, "Shit, man, I took a piss in the." I took a oh god! I know this is going. <laughs> I took a piss in his shit stall out there, and some fucking psychopath balled up his shitty cheetah print underwear, and put him in the corner. Did you shiggle again when he said it? <laughs> you had no backup. It took everything I had to not shiggle not again. again. This time I was like, I'm not holding this this giggle in because it'll become a shiggle. So I just fucking spit it out. 
Yeah. And I was like, that was me. Those oh, were mine. so great. Oh and all the God. gals that were with us were extremely grossed out. And Shen's like, you sick bastard. <laughs> you sick fuck. Oh, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, oh man. Uh, Shiggles. That, that, is, Shiggle. that has only happened to me one time. Once? And I, I was at a concert at First Avenue. And I was making out with a woman. <laughs> and my my jam came on. I'll leave it at that. And uh, I went onto the dance floor and was like pogoing, like not like like moshing, but not into other people. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm pogoing, mm-hmm. and on my third jump, just oh, and, oh no! Uh, First Avenue famously does not have doors on their stalls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is an Irish pub across the street that does. And so I ran out. I said, I have to have, I'm going to go have a smoke real quick. I ran to the Irish pub, uh, did exactly what you did. Only I wrapped it all in paper towels and then put it in the fucking garbage. Uh, and then came back. Some crime scene shit. And the woman that I had been making out with was somewhere in the crowd, had worked her way up to be singing. And I looked over and a uh, another woman that I had a massive crush on in high school was at the bar. I bought her a drink and we ended up going home that night. And, oh, man. Uh, yeah. I was, uh, the, the, the secret was mine. <laughs> that was it. But uh, for my... My actual story, I've never actually told this story on Mike. And so, Dan, if you're listening, I'm really sorry that I lied to you. We oh. were, uh, yeah, we were at uh, my friend Dan's house. Professional uh, episode 100. I went, <laughs> uh, I, I went for about six months where I, I didn't have a place to live. Uh, I, I had basically a climbing backpack that was full of like four days worth of clothes. And I would just sort of take turns couch surfing around town. I had broken up with my girlfriend. Her mother owned the house that we lived in. Uh, so I realized halfway through the breakup that I was about to be homeless. And so until I found an apartment, that was what I was doing. So I'm staying at my friend Dan's house. We had a huge party. Dan had all of the things, should we say? And uh, he, he passed out. And this was a beautiful old house, uh, like 1910, 1915 old house. And his bedroom was in the attic. It had been converted into a, a, a bedroom. Haunted. So for sure haunted by Victorian ghosts. Victorian ghosts <laughs> uh, but it's four, <laughs> literally like four floors up from where we are. And he goes down hard and he's kind of like spitting a little bit. Like, okay, this dude's going to get sick. We still had a very uh, wonderful party going on, and there were a number of wonderful young women there, and uh, my friend Matt and I were both like, this is going to be great for us, but now everybody's worried about this guy, so let's just bring him upstairs. So we kind of like, uh, like we put his arms around each of our necks, and we walked him up two flights, and then his legs just stopped working. Mm-hmm. Again, looking back on it, like, probably should have been more worried, but really at the time we were just like, let's just, we just need to get him out of here yeah. so that we can go back down and talk to the ladies. So we get all the way to the third floor. And then finally it's the craziest, like anybody that's ever been in a hundred year old house, you know how crazy steep yeah. the steps are going up to like, what's the attic baby killers. Correct. So we decide that because I am almost twice the size of Matt, Matt should grab Dan's legs and I'll grab him underneath his armpits and I'll carry him up for whatever dumb reason. Matt decides that the legs are going to go first. 
and then no. I'll carry the torso oh, what? up. But I again <laughs> look. No, no. I was also consuming a lot of the fun uh, at said party. This this was not our, our our smartest move. As we get two to three stairs up, I hear him go. Ah. And I'm like, we got to go faster. <laughs> that sound was ridiculous. <laughs> it's literally the sound that he made. I was like, we got to go faster. And Matt's like, okay. Oh, yeah. pre vom. And we're going. It's, just, it's like, <sighs> it's like when you know a cat. Yep. You're like, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Yep. So I'm like, go, go. And he's like, I'm going. And he's like literally tugging. And Dan just goes, <laughs> and he puts his, he puts his chin on my pointer finger, oh, which no, is no, locked no, 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 right no, underneath no. it. And he just pukes into my hands. Just Ooh. the most the most passive, like not a wretch. The most passive, like like it, it was he was nonplussed. He was like he was like here. and <laughs> all into my hands. Like a very polite vomit. A very polite vomit. It's very nice. Like I don't even I don't even know if Thoughtful. his abs flexed. Thoughtful. He was just like, bleh. But now everything is slimy. And it's also oh, running towards me because ooh. I'm on the bottom end of this walk up the stairs. Gravity's a motherfucker. So I was like, Matt, and he's like, I'm trying. And we're like going. <laughs> and finally, like Matt was kind of at the top stair and my fingers are unlocking. Like there's no way to hold my oh, hands together. No. They're all puke lubed. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and then I, sadly, I, oh I, sh- I have been plugging my nose with the back of my tongue the whole time. And finally... I smelled and I was like, nope. And I just took a step to the side. I let go. And Dan's basically corpse just went all the fucking way back down. Oh my God. And Matt is at the top of the stairs. I'm halfway down. And Matt goes, is he dead? And we're both like, we don't know. And then I hear him go. And I'm like, okay, he's still alive. So we run downstairs. And I like kind of like, uh, are we good? <laughs> okay, cool. I straight up it sounds adre- like a renaissance. Painting. Adrenaline, <laughs> just like puke everywhere. No, adrenaline is coursing through my veins. So I straight up put There's this a woman dude, weeping at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> I I put this dude oh, over my not. shoulder, puke and all, yeah. and I straight up just fucking run him up. I all I could picture was like every offensive and then he lineman. Dropped him again, like Sisyphus. <laughs> no, I should have. <laughs> I run up those fucking stairs like I was doing every possible offensive lineman drill I'd ever done yeah. all at once. Okay. I get him upstairs and so I just slap him. Ryan, not Sisyphus. Yeah, I slap him down oh, on no, his bed. No. I grab a towel off the floor and just like, whack, like one swipe, <laughs> like clean enough. Took my shirt off, stole one of his t-shirts. It was ill-fitting, but don't even care. Threw my shirt in the corner and we went downstairs. Had a very lovely rest of the party, whatever. The next morning, I'm crashed on the couch. I did not, it did not work out for me, but it was a, still a fun party. <laughs> I wake up the next day, I'm on the couch, and Dan comes down and he's got his shirt off and he is covered in bruises. And he's like, oh dude, my God, I'm sure. What, what happened last night? The other guy. And I was like, you kept trying to go to bed and you kept falling down the stairs. And finally, (laughs) finally, the fourth time you did it, you threw up on yourself. We cleaned you off and we brought you to bed. (laughs) That's what we were talking about earlier. When you're trying to help, but it doesn't work out. So you don't admit it. I I will just say that names have been changed, uh, in this story for perpetuity, but, uh, 
So Jason doesn't know it's him. One of our listeners out there will know this story. And uh, I also forgot (laughs) the very first time that he puked that night, he also threw up into his sandal, which was equally funny. How do you puke into your sandal? No, like into our friends. Like we were all standing outside smoking Ah. and he puked Mm, into his sandal. Goodness. So it was, it was a very long night, but, uh, uh, "Quote unquote, Dan, I I apologize. Sounds like, you got, sounds like these boys were learning how to drink. Yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't because you fell down the stairs. It was because you threw up into my hands and I couldn't hold you anymore. And I just let you go. Sometimes you got to let it go. Did you? Okay, come on. Let's tell the full truth. You did a Death Valley driver from the top of the stairs. <laughs> I mean, that would have been sweet if I had. I. Li- it was. It, I just remember when I finally like somehow inhaled through my nose. I just remember being like, like, "Nope, no. I'm done." And then I let him go, and, and I was like, oh, yeah. I might have and just murdered a guy. were finally like... Yeah. Quote-unquote, Dan is like, going to listen to this podcast episode <laughs> during dinner, and he yells out, son of a bitch. <laughs> and his kids are like, what happened? I knew it! I knew it! He, he is... Why is Dad he, so mad? He is a married, wonderful father of two, yeah. and I love him very, very much. Kids are freaking out. But Dad's freaking I, out. I can still... recently healed. I can still remember that smell, <laughs> deep, and deep I will bruise. never not remember that smell. <laughs> Okay, so we got poop and we got puke. I'm going to go a different direction. Poop, poop. Which is actually what made me think of this at all. This is so weird. Not a lot of things gross me out. Almost nothing grosses me out, quite frankly. I don't like eye stuff, you know, like... Like the... Eye stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I temporarily went blind at one point. I just don't like eye stuff. But um, I didn't know this is the kind of thing that grosses me out until I discovered. So we went to New York recently. Libations for everyone. Done did it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I wear socks all the time kind of G. Like, I love to wear socks no matter the weather. Um, like, I'll wear, like, short athletic socks in the summer and then, like, pull up my sweatpants. It's just kind of, that's just how I am. Sick pants. So, sick pants. Sick pants. You know, I didn't get sick in my pants like Jesse, but um, <laughs> anyways. So, six. we're in New York. And <laughs> I was six. I was walking around the Airbnb we were staying in, and I just figured there's something tacky on the floor because in a particular pair of socks, like, I don't know, it got like a little sticky, and I couldn't understand why. And anyways, I discarded them and took a shower or whatever. So, um, like a week later, I'm home, and um, Marnie had done a load of laundry, and I had, you know, the rolled-up athletic socks that turns out were the same socks. So I put them on and I'm fucking walking around the crib and like, I'm going to put some shoes on cause I got somewhere to be. And I was like, why are these fucking socks tacky? Like there was something on the sock and immediately occurred to me. I was like, whatever I, whatever these were, f- this was from in New York must've been like some like gum or something where I yeah. didn't even notice. So I take my foot and I turn it up as I'm standing and I turn it up to my face and I see that it's, and this is from New York in the, in the condo we were staying in, it's motherfucking eyelashes. <laughs> dude, it's a pair. Dude, it's a fucking. It's it's one. How did I not heard this. It's How did a, you not dude. Fucking... It's fucking eyelashes. And like, I looked at it, and like, that's the closest I think I've ever come to gagging. Because I was, that's not like in my programming, but I looked at it and I was like, <laughs> like I was like, no, no, hey. no. Also, okay, so somehow they went That's through the wash. Eyelashes. Somehow they. I was also thinking, and if Marnie listens to this show, this will be the first time she hears about it because I wanted to save it for the show. 
If Marnie saw that, she might be like, oh my God, Charles Charles got an escort. What like, the fuck what were they doing? doing? <laughs> what is that? Like, oh. dude, I don't know at what point because it was no. fuck, so it was uh, definitely my friend, in. If anyone asks, uh, <laughs> you are just staying with friend. You know Airbnb. You are staying, you are with, staying friend. with friend. Dude, Sometimes like the, uh, whole, <laughs> the whole row and it was applied to my heel like oh, it was man. like put on intentionally that way. <laughs> and I was like, oh. and like, of course, what do you do? You got to peel it off. Right. And it was oh. like, it was like rip, rip, rip. Cause like nothing was going to take it off. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my fuck. That is so gross. Fucking island. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, that's fucking amazing. That's a very and unique gross story. God, to all of our listeners out there, if you could have seen this apartment, it fits. Oh my god! It was that nice just though. Fucking, like we enjoyed ourselves. It was great. But, it was great. You know, but like everything from like the half painted stairwell to the doorknob that came off the fucking thing yeah. to the fact that no, you are staying with friend. He's not Airbnb. We are staying with friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm your buddy. I don't know you. Yeah, literally, I have no idea who you are. Oh man! If anybody ask you, staying with your friend. You're staying that's with your friend. Great. Uh, oh, that's oh, with uh, a friend. So that's like uh, uh, oh, that's fun. That was New York leaving its hat behind. Yeah. So that's a story yeah. to like gotcha. beyond having been there. Oh. But what a fucking crazy thing! That's that's literally what made me think of this. But uh. it's because also like <laughs> stories stories about like your friends shitting their pants stuff are so fucking funny. Like each of these stories was wildly hilarious for a different reason. Oh, man. But it's funny because that's like a gross thing, but it's not. You know the worst Uber part is, I, you know, can I can I share one real quick one? Do it, do it, uh, do it. I'm I'm long winded. I know this, but mm-hmm. so Shannon Wagner, uh, my my big white bro, my big Viking bro, we my sister and him went to we Shannon and I met in high school. My sister. Went to college with him at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. Um, and they just happened, Shannon was the super senior. Uh, the, the Salukis? Are they the yes. Salukis? Yeah, right, all right. right. There we go. So, like, when Erica, my sister, went down to um, to Carbondale, like, Shannon was like, that's, like, my bro's sister. So that makes her my sister. And he was, like, a big brother guy. Mm-hmm. So I would go visit them. One time I went down there, and we were at some party. My, my Like, my sister's friend's friend was having. And some guy, like, was kind of, like, Saw the biggest guy in the room was kind of talking shit, and Shannon's like, "Give me a fucking break." So it was super tense, and Shannon was like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." And I was there, and I was like, "I've got his back, of course." So this shit happens, and we end up leaving. A few weeks later, I go to visit my sister again. Shannon's not there this time. We're at this other house party, and this dude that was at this party before was like, "Oh." Yeah, you're that Chicago guy. And the whole argument that Shannon and the guy started with was about towns. The guy was from Centralia, Illinois, and he was trying to say that Centralia was better than Chicago. And Shannon's like, what kind of fucking world? Fuck out of here. Yeah. So that was, and you know, when you're like super young, like we were like probably like 21, like that mattered. And then this house party I go to, it's all these Centralia guys. And this dude's like, oh, here's, you're, you're not so tough. That now you're fucking big friends on here. And I get surrounded by, like, four or five dudes. And if anybody, anybody knows me from, like, my teens through my 20s, like, there was not a fight that I didn't want to get into. <laughs> and I, I never started shit. I was always very much like, okay, now this but is happening. you ended yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, we, love I, to say, we love to say that. I say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. love to say that about ourselves when we were younger. <laughs> and, and, but now I'm, like, I'm very much, like, it's funny people go, you were a big fighter. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was a different time. But mm-hmm. so here I am, and there's like, like, I got to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm surrounded like, by these I dudes, go. and my line was, yeah, man, 
y'all are probably going to win, but two are you going to end up in the hospital? Mm-hmm. So pick. And what that does, it buys you time. Mm-hmm. And by that time, I would have hit someone already. But these were like friends of my sister's friends. So I didn't immediately like hit someone. But I did say that. And they kind of were like, and one guy had sense enough to be like, yo, dude, like, we don't know you. We don't have a problem. And this guy was like, yeah, this fucking dude, his friend wanted to fight us. And now he's not here, so he's not so tough. And this is my party and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, man, we're all friends here. We're all cool. And this other guy goes, you're an honor race and trailing. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, thank you for the beer. So I just kept on drinking their beer. And I was like, fuck these guys. And a very young me was like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. So what did I do? I went to the second floor <laughs> to use their bathroom. And this, I remember like this gal was like, hey, you can't be up here. And I found, I, I remember the guy's name. The guy that was like being this fucking loudmouth tough guy. Let's say it was Jim, right? And, he, and I was like, oh, Jim said I could use his bathroom. She goes, really? He never lets anybody use his bathroom. Like, Jim's an old buddy of mine. Centralia. She goes, oh, cool, yeah. <laughs> so I went up there, and this is the first time I've, I've ever, I think there's one person that might know this. I love this. And it's Shannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I well, went into his bathroom. He had for sure. Did not shit my underwear. But <laughs> I did uh, shave my balls. With his razor, with his electric <laughs> That's razor. That's such an aggressive flex. Oh, wow. I cleaned his toilet with his toothbrush. Yes. Uh, might have peed in his shampoo. I've done that too. <laughs> I'm with you. I have pissed in a guy's shampoo oh, yeah, bottle yeah. before. And this I was is, just like. "This is, Guys, this is the script to American Pie 7. 100%. No, I have, no, I have really? 100%. Has this happened? But like, I did every like shitty sophomore thing where I was like, you know what? We're not going to fight because like, honestly, like. If I would have gotten into a fight, my sister is, like, so passive. Like, she's a pacifist, and that would have really upset her. And I was like, I'm not going to get into a fight. My sister would, like, fucking hate me. So, like, I, I didn't get into a fight. I was like, you know what? But I was like, ain't no fucking way I'm walking out without doing this. And I just remember being like, got him. Nice down there. <laughs> So how old were you? This is last week. Uh, it's last month. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Dude, I legitimately <laughs> to to the disclaimer that Jesse is now to all of my friends that listen to this. I have I have never once admitted this. There's some people back in my twenties that do this, but I I I love the fact that I just met somebody else who's pissed in someone's shampoo bottle. Oh my I, god! You just, I shook that shit up, and I was like, enjoy that, motherfucker. Uh, now I'm like, man, I, just I wish I had the ability to like to have maybe done more than pee in the shampoo, but. But at that moment in time, I was like, you know, fuck these guys. Like, it it took me back to, like, people trying to bully me. Exactly. Because I was never a big guy growing up in high school. So, like, people would try to bully me, and then we'd get into fights, and i break someone's nose, and then you're like, well, you, you were picking on me. Well, this podcast is the forest of trust. It's not the tree of trust. It's the forest of trust. Yes, when we were younger, we were really stupid. Now we're yeah. kind of stupid, but when we were when we were younger, we were really stupid. I'm, I'm we're stupid. mature stupid now. Yeah, mature stupid. It, yeah. In that it really, it really only gets focused on myself. Yeah. Like, I don't do stupid shit we're to stupid, other people. We're stupid, smart, smart, anymore. stupid. There you go. There you, go. you know? <laughs> but you know what? We've, we've also made it 100 episodes, and I can't wait to see where this goes. Like, I, I, I posted about this on social media, and I really, really mean it. It is wild and mind blowing to think that we've done a hundred of these, but it's also, I, I still feel like we're just getting started. Yeah. I still feel like uh, where we are right now is like just on the, the precipice of the next big thing. And I'm, uh, Charles, I'm honored to 
every time I say co-host, I get really proud about that. Uh, when I officiate weddings, I always tell people, uh, when you say husband and you say wife or you both say partner, remember mm -hmm. why you say that word. Yeah. Remember why you do that. It's as much uh, a compliment to them as it is a compliment to yourself in saying that, that I get to do this with this person. I get to live this life with this person. And I really, truly mean that about you. And uh, Jesse, honestly, like the, the hospitality that you rolled out to me, having been like a human that you've never met, the way that you made me feel in this city changed. Like I already liked Nashville, but it kind of changed how I felt about it. And from the minute we went to Bill's Sandwich Palace, to grabbing beers at like a dope ass bar. Like you, you made me feel like I've been one of your friends for a decade. And I, I can't thank you enough for that. Cause it really means the world, uh, to be able to call somebody like you a friend. Thank you, man. Well, I mean, I, first of all, I'm honored to be the hundredth guest. Yeah, baby. Um, that really does mean a lot to me. Uh, you're not the hundredth guest. Yeah, it's like the well, 94th well, guest. The, the hundredth episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guest for the 100th episode. Hey, buddy, slow down. <laughs> Pump the brakes. No more compliments. I'm done. Um, <laughs> fuck you guys. No, man, th this this means a lot. Um, Charles, obviously, and his brother uh, are very Fucking near and dear to my heart, man. Like um, yeah. These are like ride or dies that I will always have, and you're not part of that group. And I, I, I mean that, man. Like um, I appreciate this so much, and I'm glad that the city left a, a, a nice – impression on totally you guys, absolutely you know, like, absolutely um i really dig it you know and i dig what you guys are doing i love i love the the way you guys bounce back and forth like i said i listen to your your podcast mm -hmm. and i'm like i dig this man it's like you make me feel when i'm not there that i'm there and part of this conversation so now to be actually in the conversation with you guys i'm like <laughs> yeah it's gonna be yeah, meta when dude. i listen to my own episode fuck yeah like, and you have to do it do it do yeah. it do it it's I, I'm weird about hearing my own voice oh no i'm I, I'm like, I'm so pleased that we kind of, we ended up having that conversation. Like, you know what? Jesse ends up being 100. We were going to do a remote. Let's go to fucking Nashville. And we were, the fact that like now we connect on this level, we were like, yep, let's fucking go. And we had this moment of serendipity where we got a partial refund from our Airbnb in New York because the door handle <laughs> fell off and we couldn't access <laughs> it for a while. And it was almost the exact price of the flights. Yep. So we were like, that's a fucking sign. Yeah. Like, not that we can't buy the flights, but what the fuck? It's like... The Let's universe go. is telling us you yeah. need to go to Nashville. And I haven't seen you in so long I know, because man. of the pandemic and you moving. So it's like, it's brilliant to see you. I love you so much. And it was so cool to meet Audrey and everything you have going here. I'm so excited for Thank you, man. I feel like you being a guest who is on the precipice of like such huge things, yeah, yeah. not just for Secret Bodega, but your next cookbook and everything like that. And it's so dope to see you. I want to kind of close this out with a little bit of how the sausage is made mm -hmm. because this is a hundred episodes. So Kwame and I, I wouldn't say there's like an ebb and flow. Like I know sometimes maybe you watch shows or, or uh, observe bands or things like that. You wonder like, do these people actually like each other in real life? Kwame and I didn't know each other very well when we started this show, episode one, right? We just like were acquaintances and then we... We had literally hung out probably six or seven times total. Uh, and never just the two of us, I believe, at the time. We had and one one time we had hung out just the two of us. Yeah. Well, I, got, I got drunk and made you watch Billy McCarthy's movie. <laughs> oh, that was prior, Who I Who, who okay, ended yeah, up being yeah. a guest on the podcast, the show, which was fucking yeah. rad. Um, yeah, so we had pretty limited experiences as, as friends and... It's interesting because it may be palpable in the show now that I say it out loud. Because, again, this is like the forest of trust. I'm just being honest with you guys. 
there are times where I think that Kwame and I weren't a hundred percent sure about one another as like business partners, friends, co-hosts, whatever you want to call it, like all of the above. We actually like have, I'm going to be totally transparent with you. We drank on the show, by the way. A few months ago, we kind of had a little come to Jesus or come to Cthulhu, as I would prefer to call it, in my yard where, like, we were like, there's some shit I don't like that's happening. Like, kind of we both looked at each other like, there's some tension. Why is the tension here? And we'd had a lot to drink, as we are wont to do, and we basically put all our cards on the table, and we kind of fucking yelled at each other for a minute, but I think it was kind of somehow via that, we looked each other in the eyes and we're like, okay, let's bring down the tenor and... Let's talk about how to make this work. And via that, we learned a lot about each other. And since then, I feel like we've like been very connected. Yeah. And since then, we've done New York and we've done National League Travel together. We've now stayed in the same fucking room. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this show is going to show dividends from that mm-hmm. experience. Us like having kind of a sibling sort of like, mm-hmm. let's fucking talk. And I think that we're better for it. And I think 100%. that the most recent episodes of the show are the best episodes of the show. And that's kind of like repetition, repetition, yeah. right? Like that's that's a way it's kind of the, the way the world works anyways. But I also think that we're more connected as co-hosts and friends and better at connecting with guests. And I cannot fucking wait to see what else, uh, what other fruit that bears for, for this program. I, I will, I want to bring it back to something that Jesse had said earlier when we were talking about wanting to, uh, wanting to give somebody like some honest feedback. Right. Uh, I, I know for myself that at 44 at 24, I wouldn't have taken criticism. Okay. Like if you questioned anything that I did, we were fucking, let's go to the mattresses. Like it's, it's a street fight right now. Yeah. And, one of the things looking back on it, I, I remember that night very well uh, as well, sitting in your backyard, Charles. Uh, one of the things when I, when I was sitting at home that I was so thankful for was that we could do all that and then talk through it because I didn't used to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's a shout out to therapy. That's a shout out to uh, maturity. That's a shout out to my wife for helping me learn just how to process things differently because I also thought that my processes were also infallible, which get the fuck out of here. We all, we all think that. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and now to be able to to sit here after these trips and all this shit and where things are going, like it, it really means a lot both in growth as humans, but also in growth to the show. And again, like I said, not knowing you in person before three days ago, Jesse, the fact that you even hit on that and you were talking about it like, yeah, that's exactly where we are. Like, we have to be able to learn how to grow. We have yeah. to be able to learn how to take criticism. We have to be able to learn that just because it's the thing that we think, it's not always the best thing. And the only way we'll learn that is by talking to people that we care about. Yeah. You know, like... And also understanding how they feel about shit. Because yeah. also, you know, you saying the therapy thing, that that's 100% true. Because you told me that something about, like, one of our shows, um, like, kind of hurt your feelings. And my first instinct was, like, there's nothing about what I did in my being and that moment that was to hurt your feelings. But then I thought better of it. Thanks to therapy. Men, go to therapy. Everybody go to therapy. Everybody go to therapy. But especially you dudes. Go to therapy. But I thought better of it. And I basically laid it out and I said, 
I said basically like how I was reacting. And then I spoke to how he received it. Mm -hmm. And I apologized for how he received it. Yeah. But not like, I'm sorry you were offended. I was like, yep, I see why you felt. I see why you observed that. And I'm sorry for that. That's like, that's on me. It's not on you. That's on me because like I didn't know. And now I know. So we don't and, have to have the tension. We can and talk. And you wouldn't yeah, have known yeah, if we hadn't been able to talk about that. For sure. Like, I, I could have just sat on that, and it would have been a little fucking cancer inside. And that's the shit. Like, I, I, I hope between the advice stuff that we were talking about earlier and all this, I hope you guys realize, like, it ain't always pretty. But God damn it, fucking stick with the people that you love. Yeah. You know? Like, figure it out. Work through it. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. Holidays are coming up. Yeah. Yes. Be honest <laughs> with your family, okay? If you have fucking people that have, like, hateful toxic ass shit hateful fucking points of view either don't spend time with them or i mean and this is like i know i'm just a stranger on the airwaves saying this in your ear holes some people i'm just saying like maybe you can you can decide you for yourself you might have some people at the table that need to hear a couple things yeah that's all i'm saying yeah 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 Neg- negativity is um, such a contagious thing, man. Yeah. And um, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and it's very easy to, to succumb to that, you know. And, it, and it's very easy. And I, what I love about your guys' podcast, it's like it's always fun, you know. Like, yeah, some of the guests you have, like I don't know who the fuck they are, but it's like after the you guys are done talking, I'm like, cool, like. I feel like I have a new friend or I know someone new, you know, and like, trust me, that's how we feel yeah. on the show. And, it, and it's yeah. very positive. So I want to give you guys a shout out to that. Like you guys, the conversations that you have, like the fact that you talk about this, like that's fucking awesome. Like that super positivity. And it's not like a toxic positivity, you know, because it's just realistic. Yeah. And, um, I think we've gotten to a point now where like dudes could be like, yeah, I see a therapist. I've been doing this for a long time. And yes. I remember when I, I would tell people like, "Oh yeah, like my therapist would be like, what are you?" F-? Yep. And you're like, "For real?" What the like, For and, real. and you want to be like, "Man, you've got some unresolved issues that you should address." But like back then, I didn't even know how to say it. I was just like, "No, dude, like it's this or that." And it was just like people were afraid to openly admit like we needed help from someone. We we don't treat prescription medicine the same way, but literally like I'm just trying to take some medicine and get better. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a little sick. I'm not super sick, but I'm a little sick yeah. and I'm trying to take medicine. And in the prescription world, we're fine with that. Even if it is toxic to you. Yeah. But when it comes to therapy, for whatever reason, man, men especially just have a tough time admitting that. And, and I'm done with it. Like, I've learned I'm, I'm trying to be more vulnerable, but I'm also completely fallible. Yeah. You know, and I, I just hope more people can say that out loud. Yeah. We, you know, we, we talked about food and, and drink, right. And like we've, all three of us have learned from someone else that knows a lot about food or drink. And then that makes us know a lot about food or drink. And then the next person we talk to, we're going to share that. And it's just continuing that. Yeah. And it should be more widely accepted. And it, it, it is like therapy is finally getting this like place in the world where it's not this weird. Stigma. Uh, yes, it's, yes. It's the stigma is yeah. like being lifted finally where I'm like, yeah, man. And, I'm never going to look back and be like, you used to give me shit about being in therapy. I'm just like, cool, man. If you're seeing a therapist now, great. Like, there's never a point where I'll be like, you're you're five years too late, buddy. I'm always going to be like, good, man. Like, everybody's timeline is different. Let's all get better. Yeah, yeah. Therapy might help you to admit it, but you don't have to. It's okay. It's for you. Yeah. You know? 
I remember when I admitted it on the show, I was like, I felt a little weird about it, a little apprehensive, and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. I was like, why do I feel weird about admitting mm-hmm. that I'm in therapy? But I remember the episode when I said it, mm-hmm. and it just felt very freeing. I was like, why can't I say that? Boom. You know, and I'm going to say this. You should use this episode to get yourself a sponsor from a local therapy mm-hmm. uh, group in, in Minnesota. I get 20% of the... <laughs> Let's go. Twenty no, percent commission. Well, <laughs> well, actually, speaking you of, need, like, of better help or something. Yeah, speaking of <laughs> kicking you some some commissions. How do people that want to know yes. more about what you're doing, Jesse? How do they find you? Um, at the Secret Bodega on Instagram. Um, the website is thesecretbodega.com. Um, my personal, if you want to see the dumb shit that I do, it's always <laughs> Secret Bodega related. Uh, it's Jesse Valenciana. But yeah, man. Um, we, we're we're very active on on social media, especially Instagram. Like that, that's our big channel. Um, TikTok is our next venture. But yeah, at the Secret Bodega, um, we're starting here in Nashville. But my vision goes a lot more broad, Fuck and yeah. uh, I would love to do. I think we should do a a live podcast in Minnesota. Let's go. Secret Bodega comes up. We do a pop up somewhere. Fucking record live. I'm oh, in. Yeah. I'm fucking in. Um, what yeah. about uh, also for the cookbooks one more time? Uh, Mambicue, 120 Essential Recipes for the Modern Man. Um, that's the title. And the second one is Eat Street. And the upcoming one is To Be Determined. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, Keep man. a little mystery. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fuck. Thank you for 100 episodes. 100 episodes. You know what we didn't? Charles, you need to hit that sprinkle button. Give him some genie sprinkles. That's our goodbye. Frankles! <laughs>